Welcome to another edition of Masks, Mats, and Mayhem. I am your host, Justin Harvey. You can find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75, and you can email the MMM show at mmmshow75 at gmail.com. That's about all of the plugging I can get out in one breath. Who are you over there? You sitting there, guy? Uh, I am Byron Turk at Byron Fever on Twitter and Snapchat and Venmo as usual. All right. And on the phone, we got our other co-host, Casey Nielsen. Casey, what's going on? Hey, what's up? You can find me at Lucha Gringo on Twitter. And I have a question for you, Justin. What time is it? What time is it? I think we should. It's time to pay something. What am I paying? Am I not? Am I not following this? I'm stupid. What am I, what's, what's it time for? Uh, resident Lucha expert, wrestling expert Casey, would you tell Justin what it's time to pay? It's time to pay the toll, son. Oh shit! Is it that time? Fuck! That's right. Um, joining us on the phone also today, right now, we have the fucking toll man, Kevin Cross. Kevin, are you there? I am. Good fucking evening since we're dropping F-bombs. Yeah, well, you know what? We we uh, we worked really hard to earn an explicit rating a few weeks back. Uh, Casey, when, when he officially joined the show, really put us over very quickly into the F-bomb world. I think we got the explicit tag when you threw his face in our um, picture for the show. Maybe. Casey just... Uh, Casey doesn't use Disney words. <laughs> so I guess we all can get away with it now. But thank you for joining the show. Um... I've just been been it's been brought to my attention that we're wearing uh, shirts today that you're going to hate, Kevin. But I'll tell you about that later. So um, anyway, so I'm going to start right off with this, Kevin. We're, we're going to talk to you. And for the people listening at home, we'll get to our Lucha review later. Um, and we'll probably talk a little MMA with Kevin. But for those of you guys who don't know who Kevin Cross is, a get out from under the fucking rock you live under because this guy's beast um, and B. You're holding a belt right now, aren't you? I am. I am the FSW World Heavyweight Champion, and I will be coming up on one year as the FSW Champion in September, and I have also been undefeated for over two years in Future Stars of Wrestling, which is in Las Vegas. I have not been pinned or sued. Jesus Christ, man. You've been holding on to that thing. Like, <laughs> you've been... With how many times molecule you, in my body. Like, how many times have you had to defend that thing? I'm defending it usually two to three times a month. If I'm lucky, it'll be one time a month. But that one uh, title defense is going to be against somebody who is of uh, very important stature, somebody like Brian Cage or Timothy Thatcher. We went to war. Jesus. Wow. And you still held on to it, too? Those guys are beasts. Yeah, fucking freaks. And and so I got to ask you, like, how are things going at FSW right now? I've seen some some of the promos that you've been cutting on uh, Paul E. Culver over there. Uh, are things okay with you in FSW? Well, <clears throat> it's kind of hard to say. Part of me wants to say yes, part of me wants to say no. Uh, they had this puppet head commissioner named Paulie Culver. He's a media guy. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but he's a little bit of a spin artist. And he likes to put his own perspective on things, which isn't exactly uh, an identical reflection of reality, so to speak. He's kind yeah. of on another fucking planet, to put it bluntly. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> You know, he just, uh, he's had it out for me since day one. I'm not the ideal champion that he's looking for. Uh, I'm somebody who goes in there, and I'm not a yes man. I do whatever the fuck I want, and that usually entails dive bombing people on their heads, which is what people like. And for him, on his end, that's not good for business, because oh. people show up, and then they just disappear. <laughs> well, I have to say that we are certainly entertained by it. Um, 
I, I pretty much only like to see people get dive bombed on their head. I mean, that's pretty yeah, much my yeah. MO. No, that's what I would want to see out of my champion for sure. But, you know, exactly. I, I know there was some some controversy with you leaving an event with the belt and not knowing what, what status you had with those guys. And, you know, do you feel like you're going to get things patched up over there in Vegas? Uh, the good news is, is that things actually, as of today, have just been recently patched up. Uh, I was uh, I finished my annual contract. I had an annual contract that finished the term, I believe, about a week ago or two weeks ago. And uh, this Paul Lee Colbert guy uh, never reached out to me to resign a contract, although he was publicly saying that he was doing this. So, you know, he just basically kind of tried to drag the waters and say that he had emailed it to me, he had faxed it to me, he was publicly saying the guy's not returning my phone calls. He never reached out to me. And uh, that's that's the honest to God truth. So I never really had an opportunity to re-sign a contract. But there was the other side of it, which I can't deny. You know, every single major company on the planet has been reaching out to me over the last, uh, fair to say, about a year. And they put proposals out on the table. And I was just really waiting for the right one. I was waiting for the one that my heart was going to be into. And my contract was up. This guy's taking me around. And I did what any normal human being would do. Uh, I basically just assessed my options. And he took advantage of that. Uh, and just tried to spin it in his own direction and try to basically hurt my integrity towards a professional wrestling audience. Um, but things are good, and there's going to be a public statement released by FSW very soon regarding all of that stuff. But uh, it's going to be in everyone's favor. There's some big things coming. Well, see, now, yeah, that sounds like a, an awful situation in general that's turned around into a good one because it gave you a chance to kind of reach out and look around there and, and a reason to. And hopefully, you know, a place that you've been a great champion for for a year is, is some place that you still can call home to a certain extent or, you, you know, stay friendly with. I'm sure you did a lot of work over there for those guys. Absolutely. This company gave me my break. It was the first platform that I had uh, for people to see what I'm capable of and what I can do. So I'm very grateful for that. It's just a shame that it's just like any professional company. You know, these guys, they get this job and maybe they've never had a job like that before. And that job becomes a part of their identity. And that's 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 not who we are. And this guy's taking this job a little too fucking seriously. And, uh, <laughs> he's going to be uh, on a one-way ticket to the hospital in the very near future. Which is amazing to me because you are like really not the guy that I would – choose to get on the wrong side of i don't yeah. think well yeah exactly i mean this he's very he's, he's not exactly stupid he's a very smart guy so i'm expecting a couple uh a couple surprises along the way he's kind of notorious for that oh, so i'm just watching my step too as well he's not the one who's going to be able to pull the trigger or anything but he knows a lot of people so we'll see yeah i mean um, you know, and I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit too about where you were looking around at other stuff, but I want people to get a feel for, for who you are before we get into some of that. So like, give us a little bit of the rundown of like, how'd you get into this whole thing? I mean, no one just wakes up in the morning and says, you know, I want to be the fucking FSW champion, or I want to be a pro wrestler. Like, there's gotta be something that, that gets you to that point. Like what, what brought you into this game in the first place? You know, honestly, um, Ever since I was a little kid, the very first memory that I could ever recall was watching TV, and the Ultimate Warrior was pinning Hulk Hogan. And you know, I was, I was that 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 memory was imprinted in my mind forever. I always grew up watching professional wrestling. Always, it was something that I always wanted to be a part of. It was something I always wanted to do. But the family that I came up in, they were all competing in boxing. They were all competing in. Uh, uh, freestyle Greco-Roman catch wrestling, Volk, mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, I just, uh, I was kind of like a third generation competitor. I mean, there was other stuff too. There was football and baseball and stuff like that, but I could never, it, it never had that 
magnetic uh, attraction to me as wrestling and boxing. And, you know, just growing up in a family like that, it became second nature. And I, I found out at a very early age that I liked to hit people and I didn't mind being hit. <laughs> and I thought that it would be a, a good suit for me to, you know, be a prize fighter. So I kind of did what I wouldn't recommend anybody to do. I wound up uh, trying to see if I really knew what the fuck I was doing. And I, I wound up taking a lot of fights on native reserves and stuff like that up in uh, Canada. Oh, geez. I yeah. won't exactly say what Providence, because I don't know if I'm allowed to even say that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's some serious but, business uh, right there, though. Yeah, we were fighting. It was me and a couple other guys from a few boxing gyms. We were trying to put on the down low. And uh, we were fighting bare knuckles. It was really the only way to make any money. Like, it was, we were taking buses all over the place. We were in a car. Jeez. Um, and it just, uh, at, a, at a certain point, felt insane. So I stopped and tried to be a normal human being and get a regular job. And that didn't work. And then um, I actually ran into uh, Mauricio Veo, who was the head, one of the head coaches. He's part of the old guard from Chute Box, Brazil, with uh, Shogun. He was Shogun's coach. Right. I began, I began training under him, and I started to go dojo to dojo and MMA academy to another academy. I started picking things up, and I was like, you know, it just took me a long time to decide what it was about competing that I really loved. And to be perfectly honest with you, what I found out that I loved the most was the spectacle of it. And I had this huge support system around me to compete, right. but I didn't have any support really to do pro wrestling because – they were like, well, hey, listen, this is a good fit for you. But it, for me, it was a comfort zone. So one day I just woke up and I said, I got to fucking do this. Like I've been wondering my whole life whether I can do this, if I'd be any good at it. It's time to stop fantasizing. It's time to put my fucking foot forward and take this seriously and try it. It's been the most fulfilling experience I've ever had in my life. I love this business. Well, I got to say, it even more now that I'm a part of it. So far, it looks like it's definitely a pretty good fit for you. I mean, you're mm -hmm. coming in with. Uh, and people who haven't seen Kevin here, uh, he's got a, a, a very considerable build, I'll say. He looks very intimidating, um, you know, and, and honestly, a lot of wrestlers don't have the kind of look that you have coming into the ring. And I've also seen some of your training videos, and I've kickboxed on myself, so I know what it takes to even just work a bag the way you, that you go at it. Like, you're not a guy who is, has any deficit in the ability to fight for real. Um, I can tell that right off the bat. So when you see Kevin and he's coming to the ring, this guy looks like he's going to just tear shit up immediately. Um, and you can tell that like you you are one of those people that I can see have that real fighter spirit inside you. Like how, how tall are you? What, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, six, uh, six, Jesus, and what, what do you weigh in at? Where do you come in? My weight's actually been fluctuating a little bit lately because it's starting to get hot. I'm, I'm situated out of Vegas, but usually I'll wake up at uh, 265, and by the end of the day, once I get my water in me and everything, I'm weighing in around 272. Ooh. Yeah. So not a cruiserweight. You're definitely up there with, yeah. with the big guys. <laughs> yeah. But you can move. You, you get around, though, too. I've seen you move like a cruiserweight almost sometimes. I mean, what, Absolutely. what was the, uh, the in-ring training like once you started to, to go into the wrestling and to, and to add those moves into your repertoire? Well, um, the very first person that got hands on me was Michael Modest, if you remember him from Noah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, Michael was teaching out here at, uh, at an academy here in Vegas, and um, it was really actually probably one of the best people for me to work with because – uh, Michael Modest has a legitimate background in wrestling. He understands the dynamics of it. So he was able to translate a lot of what I was thinking into what I needed to be doing. And he really didn't want to change 
me. Uh, it didn't really want to change how I moved or did anything. He was just kind of teaching me uh, kind of how to translate, as I said. And I've just been very fortunate to be around a lot of really good people to kind of pick up uh, the things that I needed to learn. And, you know, I, I uh, when I get into something, I'm very obsessive and very passionate about it. It's been a, a 24-7, seven-day-a-week thing for me. Everything I'm doing, whether it's eating, sleeping, uh, training, watching footage, it's all for professional wrestling. I want to expedite the process to be in my mind where I think I should be. And um, a lot of the training, honestly, is mental. It's just being mentally prepared to get in there and do right. whatever it takes, whatever's necessary to be within that category, within that spot, to be on that show that you want to be in. And, um, yeah, to, to answer your question directly, it was, it was Modest. It was Michael Modest. Uh, he put me through all the training I needed, and I was always training on my own anyways. Right. So, so you already I had the dedication the in there, and you, you just needed to get pointed in a direction. I mean, what do you consider your style? Because when I, when I watch you, it almost feels um, it almost feels like some of the shoot guys, like a, a Josh Barnett or something to me, where you're coming in with more catch wrestling and shoot style and boxing. And, and you know, is there do you have a name for what your style of wrestling is or what you consider your style? Absolutely. I want to say thank you for uh, comparing me or even relating me to Josh Barnett because I've been a big fan of his. Um, yes, absolutely. I really believe that there is room right now. Uh, within the industry to bring back Pancrase style of professional wrestling. Oh, I love UWFI. Um, I was living vicariously through guys like Gary Albright and Doc Death. Um, you know, Steve Williams was was murdering people. Oh, God, uh, you yes. Know, guys like uh, Kawada, uh, Masawa, Kabashi. I've tried to take elements like that that I've really loved, uh, and I'm trying to bring that back into the ring because it's a very, very difficult style to emulate. And you gotta, you know, be able to uh, walk the walk. You can't just talk the talk with that type of stuff. So, uh, I would call it Pancreas Pro Wrestling. Casey, what do you think about that? I know that you're you're a huge mark for that style too, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, I uh, I actually got Byron watching uh, some of the the Takata versus Vader matches. Oh yeah. Uh, they were so fun, and as. Uh, this is kind of like a question I have for you as a guy that's a, a larger guy doing that sort of thing uh, against kind of uh, more of a cruiserweight opponent. Who are you? Whose style, like as a UWF guy, are you looking to uh, kind of emulate? Is it more like the Albrights and the Doctor Deaths, where you're dropping fuckers on their heads, or are you looking to work in some more striking too? What kind of what kind of approach do you see yourself having? I take it match to match. I'm gonna, I'm basically going to assess where the guy is I'm going to be in the ring with. I look at what he does. I think about what I can do. And it's going to be it's going to be different every time. Uh, give you an example. Hypothetically speaking, if I was going to compete against uh, someone like Chris Hero, uh, this is a very accomplished striker. He's got a lot of good chain wrestling and so forth. I might be more inclined to get behind him. Blast him from behind, dump him on his head that way. Or let's say, for instance, if I was competing against somebody like uh, like Josh Barnett. I know Josh Barnett's a very good uh, catch wrestler. Maybe I'm going to keep the distance. I'm going to strike from the outside. When he starts to get a little loopy, I'm going to take a high crotch single, get his back, dump him on his head. I'm always going to make it different. You're never going to see the same thing twice for me. Well, I'm always going to pop as long as it ends with you dumping the guy on his head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, we've seen some cool head dumps in the, in in person, and just really enjoyed that. 
That's what I'm all about. I'm all about giving the people what they want and doing what I do best, 100%, every single time. Well, I mean, so we, we've kind of opened the door here into, into the MMA world, and this show definitely covers MMA. What, what do you think about uh, the, especially Brock Lesnar coming back from WWE and, and heading into the UFC again? What are your thoughts on a guy in his position, like really trying to do this again now sans the diverticulitis or however you say that? I don't mean any disrespect, but I'm nervous for him because yeah, me too. Oh, he's yeah. been able, yeah. I mean, like uh, he's he's been able to come back, you know, almost from the dead, yeah. and he's been able to resurrect his status, his presence, and his career through professional wrestling. You know, he's back bigger than ever, and he's taking a massive gamble. Uh, not that Mark Hunt is like a nobody. This is a this is a certified killer. He has a very long history of fighting the best of the best in the world, whether it's been from K1, whether he's done, uh, you know, anything from Pride to UFC. He's gotten in there with anybody. I don't think that guy's ever turned down a fight against anyone. He took fights he never should have took. Yeah, I don't think he has either. We were talking about this last week. Like, Mark is the kind of guy that, like, when he found out that Bigfoot Silva was on some kind of PED or whatever, he was just like, what's a PED? He didn't even realize it. Like, he's just a good guy, and he just says yes, and he goes in there, and he drops bombs on people i mean he just wants to knock your head off that's it that's all he does yeah i think uh i think brock moving forward in this fight obviously he knows that uh he doesn't want to stand with this guy so it's going to be very tricky and how he's going to have to cut his angles to get mark on the ground obviously we kind of know this is going to be a very classic fight where it's going to be a striker versus a wrestler but uh mark's not a fish out of the water um but i mean brock lesnar if, if that guy takes you down there's probably only Two percent of the heavyweights in the UFC that are going to be able to get back onto the feet. We know Kane is one of them. Yeah. Um, but but uh, when I his mean, knees are good, Kane's one of them. <laughs> right, right. This is the uh, the pre Junior Dos Santos wars. Exactly. It, it's uh, you know, he's going to have to watch for knees. He's going to have to watch for uppercuts. Mark's probably going to be more comfortable than he's ever been in his entire life with this fight because Brock really only has one way to win this fight. I, I hate to say it, it's going to be on the ground. Oh, absolutely. He's dealing with. But it makes me wonder, like, what the fuck does Brock know that the rest of us don't know? It's not exactly like this guy has to accept a fight that he doesn't like. I mean, this is a special circumstance. And if he comes back for this special thing and says, ah, yeah, that's not really the fight I'm looking for, I'm pretty sure they would make a different phone call for the fucking guy. So I feel like, you know, everyone's saying uh, Mark's just going to take him out and take him out. But now I'm starting to say, shit, does Brock Lesnar know something that we don't know? Like, does Brock really have it? Or maybe... Maybe he's telling himself something we don't know and he's wrong. I don't know. But, I, you know, you hear all these rumors about how Brock doesn't like to get hit in the face and how he's afraid of a punch. And then he picks the one guy who is the guy most on the planet that I would be afraid of getting punched from. Like, literally, single-handedly, the only guy that I would be like, yeah, if you had to tell me, if I had to tell you exactly who I would least want to get hit by in the face on the entire planet, I would say Mark Hunt. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Brock Lesnar picks this guy or lets this guy be picked. I feel like he's got to know something that the rest of us don't know. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. I know, I know, uh, I have it on good authority that he's actually been training jujitsu like a fucking maniac for the last couple months. So maybe he's thinking that, uh, you know, he's just willing to eat one or two shots to get in. And that he's, he's confident that with his athletic ability and his strength, that he's going to be able to exploit 
some footage that he's probably watched with his camp to get you know some sort of side choke or something on him. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that Brock is strong enough that he doesn't even need to be the most technical person. He could probably crush somebody's fucking mandible if he put a headlock around their mouth. And he's so, a smart I mean, guy too. I don't. I do not doubt for a second that this guy at this stage in his career could actually learn some new techniques. He's not an old dog yet. I mean, you know, there, there's definitely still room for improvement, and he's got that kind of drive and determination that if somebody was going to come with something new and surprise you. I I would put my money on Brock to be one of the guys that could easily do something like that. Well, is this his biggest payday for a return match? I I, I got to assume it is. I mean, now with with UFC, they will disclose what he was paid the night of the fight. Mm-hmm. They won't disclose his bonuses and whatnot. So there could be plenty of, of back-end money and pay-per-view points and shit that we'll never know about. Yeah. Um, but I, I do know that the headliners on the cards already have their pay-per-view point set and when they heard Brock was announced they were ecstatic I mean it was like Daniel Cormier just hit the fucking lotto because he gets Brock Lesnar on his card and he's probably already getting three or four points on the pay-per-view so I mean it's gonna be huge though it's gonna be huge UFC 200 is really really gonna be huge um and and I love the fact that you know for a guy like me and throughout the years, I, I've been a huge MMA fan and a huge wrestling fan since the dawn of time. I, I don't have a problem liking both. A lot of people have had issues with the crossover between the two and, you know, what what they kind of look like to the other side, what one side likes compared to the other side. I love the fact that these worlds are starting to reconverge together for me as a fan of both. It just, I, I just pop through the roof. I, I also, it also makes me pop for you, Kevin, because I love seeing the guys that come in that I know have some training. I love seeing the video of you. I think you were in uh, what the syndicate gym or something out there in Vegas kicking yeah, the bags. I got a really good working relationship with syndicate. It's an excellent Academy out here. Yeah, I mean, and I, and, and I love that. I love hearing about the guys that are, like, you know, in the dealing with the, the MMA guys and bringing it into wrestling and vice versa. You know, I, I think there's room for that crossover. I mean, it's part of why we do this show the way we do it. I, I just feel like that that's where it's at. I don't care what kind of style it is, what kind of work it is. These are all athletes that are out there putting themselves on the line, and they're doing it for our entertainment, and they're risking themselves, and it's just badass on both ends, you know? Byron right now is watching a, uh, some video of you in the bad boy shorts, just whooping up on some mitts. <laughs> I love it. Um, man, who no? God damn the UFC with that Reebok deal. And I'm seeing you in these shorts and pisses me off. Cause you know, I was friends with the tap out guys and I love the bad boy stuff. It looks so menacing. And now people can't wear that shit to the fucking cage. It pisses me off so bad. That's a real shame. That actually was, a, you know, I don't like to ever get too negative about it, but that was really like a major deterrent for me on uh, trying to compete professionally at that level as well. I really didn't like how, uh, you know, from the outside at least, I'll say humbly, that the UFC is trying to monopolize all of the revenue that's coming into the company. And then, you know, if they're in charge of that, then they really can delegate who's getting paid what, uh, when, and why. So that was just, that was kind of revolting for me. I love Reebok, but. I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand, or I guess I don't want to understand why the fuck they would do something like that. Because a lot of guys lost their homes, they they lost their major income source, all of the networking they were doing on their own to get the money that they deserve. Now it's out the window unless you're fighting for Bellator or something. But the right. money's not going to be there for Bellator like it was for UFC because UFC is like the kingpin of uh, mixed martial arts world. So it's a real shame. 
Well, it is, and it's, I think it's why my my friends that were running Tap Out kind of got out, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's gone over to WWE now and and other places, and and they just they they stop seeing the market there for them. Casey, what were you going to say about that? Yeah, I noticed that, uh, that you're kind of in with a couple companies that kind of sponsor fighters like uh, Barbell Apparel and stuff like that. Absolutely, they uh, I've got a really good relationship with them. They're endorsing and sponsoring me with their stuff, and. Um, that's been uh, an absolute blessing for me, especially being a professional athlete. I've gotten a lot of exposure for them, and it's been very good. Now, my question is, though, they call them athletic, fit denim, and uh, that it's performance. Does that mean it's like those old-school Chuck Norris action jeans? Uh, it comes with karate chop action as well. Just, you know, <laughs> your strength goes up 10% when you put the fucking jeans on. I'm, I'm buying a pair right now. You need it, Casey. <laughs> yeah, he needs that 10%. Oh, man. You know, I, I totally agree. It's like, you know, I saw, especially with the tap out stuff, I saw what those sponsorships meant to guys that were coming up, especially not even the big guys. Like, you know, Chuck Liddell, he didn't even cash his first check from, from tap out. He has it framed on his wall. He refused to cash it. He didn't need their money. But those younger guys, man, we used to do it on the show that I worked on all the time. Those guys needed it. I mean, they, they couldn't have been professional fighters. You wouldn't have Cowboy Cerrone right now if it weren't for, for Tap Out and companies like that sponsoring him. And now That's right. you, you wonder, people wonder why Cowboy gets these weird attitudes after the fucking fights. It's because he can't wear his old trunks. And if you don't know the guy, he, he's worn a piece of his original Muay Thai trunks sewn into all of his trunks. Um, you know, since forever. And when Tap Out sponsored him, they're like, no, no, you wear our trunks. And he was like, no, no, I wear these. And they they custom created a pair of Cowboy Cerrone Tap Out trunks with this little thing sewn into it. And they still supported him and they gave him his money and they gave him all his bonuses and stuff. You know, and, and he needed that to keep going. I mean, and now look at the guy. He's at the top of the lightweight division and the 170 division. He's jumping all over the place these days. But, I mean, I, it just hurts me a little bit. Like, I, I still love USC. I see what they're doing. I get it. It's a business. They're allowed to, but it's a shame that they're not, you know, letting the companies that support and want to support these people in. And I'm glad that you found a good sponsor for yourself as an athlete because it, it can make the difference. You know, when you can go to the gym and, and worry about doing your shit and getting your shit in instead of worrying about keeping the lights on, that's a big deal for a professional athlete. How do you become a professional if you can't go and train your craft? 100%. You know, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I get on my little high horse with this shit, but I, I everybody's got their pet peeves. Um, so coming out of the MMA world, I've seen some stuff on on the Twitters, on on the internets about you recently. People have a lot of questions. I think a lot of it stemmed out of this, you know, not knowing what was going on with with FSW thing. Where, where you know, who talked to you? Or have you ended up anywhere? Have you had any conversations with anything? You know, we've heard stuff about WWE maybe coming at you and Lucha Underground and these other places. Like, what's going on? What can we kind of see coming up for you? I've, I've had a healthy correspondence with WWE for quite some time, actually. I, I, uh, they contacted me for a tryout. I believe it was last year. It was in uh, Columbus, Ohio, at the Arnold's. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very intense. They did it publicly. It was in front of 180,000 people. Oh, yeah, and, that's, uh, that's no small crowd. <laughs> right. And uh, I'd uh, prepared for that very strategically. I stopped lifting weights, I believe, three weeks out. I was doing nothing but circuit training. I was sparring. I was boxing. I was wrestling. 
went in there and I absolutely crushed it. And it was a really enjoyable experience. And uh, I've just uh, I've been in contact with them ever since, on and off. And uh, just over time, you know, I started to see. I don't know. I just I kind of found what was going to make me feel fulfilled moving forward. And I got to be honest with you. When uh, I was contacted by Lucha Underground to come down and check the place out, mm-hmm. it only took one time to go down there and really physically, mentally, and spiritually feel that this was something that I really wanted to be a part of. And, you know, everyone always wants to be a part of WWE getting into the business. And, uh, you know, I have, I don't know if it's any different than anyone else's. I haven't had a lot of in depth conversations with people about it. But for me personally, I want to have an extensive career in Japan. And I would love to be a part of Lucha Underground in whatever capacity they will have me in. Um, you know, the rumors uh, on the internet that I was doing darks for season two and three are true. And uh, I've been working very, very closely with Vampiro, who's very much become a mentor to me um, in, you know, having something in the immediate future. And that's really all I can say about it. But, um, you know, I, I don't have any uh, ill feelings towards WWE or TNA or ROH or New Japan or anything like that. It's just for me right now, my heart sincerely is with Lucha. Uh, the fans there, there's, <laughs> there, there's, there's no other fans on the planet like the ones that are at Lucha Underground. Uh, and just being there live and being a part of it, seeing it, I'm very fortunate and very grateful to be a part of the professional wrestling industry at this present time. Because you go back and you watch stuff, you know, like ECW, and you go and you watch crazy moments from WCW, like when Paul Heyman put the uh, the group together with uh, Stone Cold and Medusa and the Brainbusters and Rick Rude, uh, the Dangerous Alliance. You know, I mean, like you look at stuff like that, and from a fan standpoint, you're like, that would have been fucking awesome to be there. <laughs> And see that, and you're seeing all of these like amazing moments throughout time, and you watch the pancreas, and you're like, you know, could I do that? Would I be able to do that? Or wouldn't it just be awesome to be there live? And you feel like you're watching uh, history in the making. Every single time I've been at Lucha Underground, without you know being over dramatic, I really feel like Lucha Underground is doing something historical for the industry right now. I think all of us right now being alive while this is happening, and not watching old footage of Bachwinkle and Ray Stevens and going, oh, that was cool. Like, you know, th- this is like we're we're seeing something right now that people are going to be looking back on honestly in 60 or 70 or 80 years going i wish i was around for that we were all there for that right now and that's really something special yeah and and i gotta tell you that um we agree with you like Mm -hmm. i i was the biggest wrestling fan for a long time like i said i'm mma and wrestling fan and there was a point in time and anyone who listens to this show regularly knows it where where i left for a while i left i was a huge mark um, I, I don't even know if I was a Mark, but I was a, I was a true fan is what I would, I would say. Not a Mark, a true fan and, and a supporter. Um, and I was a big ECW and WCW guy as well. And I left for a long, long time. And then I heard about Lucha Underground coming through the grapevine. And I, I was just like, I have a feeling that this, this, they're saying the right things right now. They're saying Mark Burnett and Robert Rodriguez, and they're bringing in Krista Joseph. And like, they're doing, they're going to do something here. And I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be cheesy, if it was going to be too schlocky. You know, I didn't know if Robert Rodriguez was going off the rails here or spending money that he couldn't afford to 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 spend. Yeah, it was like it was another gimmick wrestling show, like wrestling match, like right. wrestling society X. Like, 
is are they how long are they even going to be here right and it, and it was a little scary at first but i was like you know what I'm going to give this one a shot because, you know, I, I miss what ECW especially meant to me back in the mm-hmm. day. I got on early, but I was, you know, I was born in Cleveland. Philly wasn't that far. Pittsburgh, the places they were running shows. So I got to go to a lot of those shows. It meant something to me. Those more blue collar, rough guys like that. That's where I was from. So it meant something to me. And then I was like, I heard about this Lucha thing. I was like, I've watched some some CML and I've watched some AAA and I was like, yeah. I appreciate the performers, but what they're how they're working it doesn't quite work for me. So you know I'll respect it, but it's not really my thing. Then I watched the first few Lucha Undergrounds, and I was like, "What? What did I just experience?" I didn't say, "What did I just see?" I didn't say, "What was that wrestling that was just on?" I said to myself, "What did I just experience?" And then I found out Byron and Casey were going to shows, and I was like. Put me on a fucking list. Who do I got to blow? What do I got to do to get into a fucking show? Because I want to go see this shit. Just like back at the fucking ECW arena when I was getting beers spilled on me as a teenager. Like, I want to go see this shit and see what the fuck's going on. I went to one show and I was like, oh my God, this place is my home. I officially love, love, love with a passion wrestling again. That was it. It was that simple for me. Um, And... Part of, you know, my love for it turned into this podcast and, you know, same with with Casey and Byron. But I can't even tell you what it means to guys like us that sit there in that place and cheer and and sweat and, and appreciate what the performers are doing to hear one of the performers saying how much it means to them too, you know, really resonates with us. Yeah. And, you know, it's a shoot. You know, anyone that, that comes from... Uh from Lucha that will be on the show or any other show and they tell you how much they love and adore this place, that's not like company programming. That's like sincere. Like this is a locker room that I have never, ever, you know, been in before where like everybody loves each other. This is a fucking family. And that's something really special. And that's not something you could forget. It's not something that you could take for granted. Um, it's something really special, and I wish I could find another word because I really feel like I'm not even doing the justice of it, but words elude me when I try to go into how cohesive of a unit this whole thing is. It's really something special, and as you know, I think you could agree with me on this, that translates to the audience as you felt. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, look, uh, you know, I, I tweeted it out the other day that I, I thanked Eric Van Wagnen, who's, the, you know, the top dog over there on a day-to-day yep. basis. I just said thanks for letting us be a part of your family. I mean... As just as fans, they really uh, took care of us at Ultima Lucha and, and, you know, even personally addressed some of our concerns, which I won't get into because it's irrelevant. But, you know, just as regular old fans, just people who come to the show, yeah, we have a podcast or whatever. But these guys were just they, – they had no obligation to do anything for us, to acknowledge us in any way, shape, or form. Um, and and it's, just, it's just a family there between the fans, between the wrestlers, like – you know, there's certain boundaries you don't cross. There's certain things you don't, you know, break. But at the same time, I I feel like they know what we are as fans as a part of the show. I think there's they, a shared passion. There is a shared passion. They know what the talent is doing to put over their matches. It's not just, hey, go out there and set yourself on fire. You'll get your fucking appearance fee. Come back in three weeks, you'll get another one. It's not that. Right. It's we're trying to build something here. And I think I think the only word that you can put on it was the word that you did put on it, which is family. That's the thing that I think isn't there. And and you you'll see if you go back in time and you look at WWE and the attitude era, 
those guys did feel like a family then mm -hmm. because yes. they were starting to get their ass kicked. They were under the gun. They banded together in the back and they came out with something. They went for it. They fucking went for it. As mighty as Vince is now and as comfortable as he is now, back then he had his fucking ass getting handed to him and they decided to all band together and go for it and try something. And those are the times when if you look back on what the performers were saying then, the workers were saying back at that time in WWE, I believe it probably was the same feeling that you're getting right now. I think that was a family. I think it was the same thing at, at ECW where it was like, shit, Paul's not fucking paying us. We're going out here doing crazy spots. But at the same time, fuck, we'll get ours as soon as there's something to get. And we're going out here and we're going to put on the show because it's a fucking family. Mm -hmm. I think there's those rare times in the wrestling business in history where that happens. And uh, I, I congratulate you on being in a position to capitalize on one of those very, very rare moments in history in the business. Absolutely. I agree with you. And if you recall, too, during that Attitude Era and ECW, um, every single person that walked through that curtain on that stage was over. And that was something special. Mm -hmm. And everyone from Val Venus to Kai and Ty to the New Age Outlaws, everyone into Generation X, uh, you know, every single person that walked out, aside from the main eventers, you know, mid-card and opening, everyone was over. And... I hate to say it, but there's an absence of that in uh, commercialized professional wrestling right now. And that, to me, is a fucking shame. And I can't undermine the intelligence of anyone and say that I really know why that is, because I'm not there. I can't honestly say I know why. I can only speculate, but right. fuck, yeah. you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a shame. And that does not exist with Lucha. And that's something else that really hit me right away, is that there's love for everyone. Even when there's hate, there's still love. <laughs> You know, that was that was fucking beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see. Well, we're we're happy and uh I think at this point we can say that we have seen you work some of those dark matches. Um we won't tell you guys out there in the world any of the results of them. I will only say that uh Byron is the one that forced me to wear this Vinny Massaro shirt right now. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Byron's look, look. You don't even know it, but you should definitely have heat with Byron, Kevin, because he was sitting next to you at the hotel one day and wouldn't even talk to you. No, no, you were on the phone. While, oh, while no, yeah, sure. Was... You're a fucking big shot, Byron. That's all right. Big oh. league over here. No, no you're, problem, you're... buddy. Next time I see you, watch what fucking happens. You better hope there's not a window. Oh, um, no, I have I have something going on. I, I won't be able to make it. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Be a little, you're going to be a little fucking tied up? <laughs> you should be. I mean, you big-timed him. Let's face, be honest. Man up and say you big-timed him right now, and maybe he lets you off the hook. Nah, how can I big-time a guy that's 6'4"? Uh, I don't know, Kevin. Somehow you did. Somehow you went into business for yourself. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? I don't know. I thought... I mean, I was. I thought we were lucky to get you on the show. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, Byron, big time fucking Kevin Cross. We'd love mm. to have him on the show. There's all these Lucha rumors. He's got all this stuff going on at FSW. Byron's going to fuck this whole thing up. Wow. I'm going to bust out something special for you, Byron. I'm thinking maybe like a uh, second row fucking pile driver or something like that. I mean, uh, what's fair is fair. Whoa, you know? I agree. I don't think that's even. I, don't I agree. I think that's... A balanced uh, retribution there, Casey. Just, what do you I, think? I, it, you, this is this is appropriate, right? Kevin should totally fucking put the put the hurt on Byron, right? I want to see a backdrop driver, Kevin. <laughs> oh, we can do that. No. I mean, we can arrange that. I think it should be arranged. I think we're all in agreement here. I mean, it's hard to do that over the phone for a phone interview. Um, I don't. It's true. You know, 
I want I want what's best for the show and for everyone and also for my neck. Yes. So I'd like to, to you know, for that to not happen. Hey, I've got a, uh, a random question for you. I'll, I'll, I'll get you off the hook here, Byron. I'll actually yeah. ask a legit question here. Um, and now one of your pairs of tights has some kind of Cyrillic writing on it. What is that? Which one? Which one are we talking about? I don't know. I just thought I saw something that maybe it looked like Russian or something. Was there... Ah, now I know what you're talking about. Yes, that is uh, that is Greek lettering for pancratio. It's a direct, uh, it's a direct uh, translation to pancration. Awesome. Huh. See, I, I didn't know, know that. the whole history of where it started. It started in the very first Greek Olympics, and uh, I like I told you, when I get into something, I get very fucking obsessed about it. That it's very interesting. It was a, uh, it was a man named Theogenes who had competed in the, I believe it was one of the first Olympics in Greece. He was beating people to fucking death. And I used to kind of like read these stories and I would kind of visualize them and emulate them on days before I'd go in and I'd spar. And uh, it was kind of like a figure that I would look up to. I imagined how he was and so forth. And I just decided to kind of bring that part of myself into the ring as well. Since we're doing the pancreation stuff, I decided, you know what? I have my UWFI heroes like Volkan and uh, Kostaka and Boss Rutten, of course, as I'm sure you've probably seen a little bit of that uh, over course, at the yes. temple. But, uh, you know, I decided to take it back and really get to know and understand where pancreation came from. So that's what you saw. See, look at that. I, and, and, and I'm normally a very knowledgeable person in that department, and I had no fucking clue. But I was like, I, I have a feeling this means something, so I'm going to ask Kevin about it. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Like, you are definitely a guy who, who does his homework, and you're seriously fucking into it. Um, Absolutely. And speaking of origins, we got to ask you, the, uh, we would look like complete idiots if we didn't ask you this fucking question. Where does the toll man come from? So, in my first two or three months, I was competing with someone out here in Las Vegas. And uh, I basically got on the mic, and I said something along the lines of, everybody wants to walk around here and play the role. Well, guess what? Kevin Cross is on the scene, and now everybody's going to pay the toll. And the audience ran fucking nuts with that. All these monikers and aliases that I've had, I wasn't like uh, coming up with them on my own. It's the Vegas pro wrestling scene, um, and, uh, and a little bit of Oregon, actually, because I was out in Portland for a while as well. Mm -hmm. They gave all that to me, and they just came up with the toll man. So I decided to roll with it. They were calling me toll man for like two or three months so i said fuck it you know what this is who they want me to be i'll give it to them that's what they want that's what it is. that's honestly that's the way you should get a gimmick it's way better you know than somebody at least a nickname you know a gimmick maybe a writer needs to just to fit into the story the right way but at the same time like writers coming up with names like you know Casey, give me give me what the worst gimmick of all time, in your opinion, is. What do you think, Case? Oh, worst gimmick of all time? Um, shit, man, it's a it's a gobbledygooker, man, and that was a Guerrero <laughs> under there. Oh my God, that's sacrilege. <laughs> the gobbledygooker. That's that's it's pretty good. I when I was a kid, uh, my parents would rent me a tape sometimes uh, for like. Uh, for the weekend and I would get these old WWF pay-per-views and I as a kid I remember watching uh what was it like Survivor Series Survivor Series or whatever and the the gobbledygooker came out <laughs> and even as a kid who didn't know anything I knew that that wasn't right that wasn't good that wasn't no. a good gimmick I I'm, I you know and some people are going to kill me for this I could not stand the earthquake gimmick what I didn't like earthquake what? 
<laughs> See, exactly. People are going to kill me for this. I didn't like the earthquake. That wasn't gimmick. even his worst gimmick, Justin. What was his worst gimmick? Mm. Earthquake? <laughs> you don't remember? What were they Do called? Do you remember the shark in the Dungeon of Doom? No, it wasn't oh, even God. that. It was what, Golga? Oh, Goldust? Do you think it's the worst? No, Gold. When he was in the like no, the Earthquake's Howard, other gimmick, the in Attitude Era. Oh, Goldust like from the fucking Oddities with the mask. Yeah. yeah. Dude, the shark was worse when he ditched the gimmick. He had to do a promo saying, "I am a man, not a fish." You have to you, you have to clarify <laughs> things sometimes. You see what I deal with, Kevin? You see what I deal with every week? This. Oh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it's like a, a toss up with. Like maybe the Zodiac that was fucking horrendous, and the Shockmaster. Oh, Shockmaster! Shockmaster. See, there's something wrong with me. I popped for Shockmaster. There's something totally wrong with me. That guy almost main evented WrestleMania. (laughs) Did you guys see the Shockmaster action figure that's the Comic Con exclusive right now? And the packaging even has him falling through the wall, and he's like upside down in the package. Did we sell ad time to these people? No idea. Casey, why why is that even on your radar? Seriously. Dude, I love bad wrestling gimmicks. Like, so many people sent that to me personally. <laughs> That's that, I believe that. Well, I'm here to say Toll Man is not a bad gimmick because once you see Kevin wrestle, um, you know, it's going to blow your mind, and, and people do pay the toll. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely worth seeing. I'm excited for the Lucha Underground fans, uh, you know, because we know a ton of them. I'm excited for you yeah. uh, to be a part of it. And and I don't know where the FSW stuff's going, too, but I've been, you know, yeah. following that, too. And it's been pretty awesome. You've had a, a pretty good run there, a very impressive run um, to, to boot. So, you know, and that's something you're going to be allowed to keep doing when you're doing Lucha stuff, too, right? As far as uh, everything looks right now, it looks like I'll be safe, and uh, which which makes me very happy because, you know, uh, hypothetically, if things uh, fall where they may, I would be very happy to bear both flags everywhere I go. So that would mean a lot to me to be able to represent uh, those two places. Mm-hmm. So I that's mean, what that's, it's like. that's one of the cool things about Lucha too. I, I mean, from the way I've heard it for for a lot of people's deals, as long as it's not um, national television at another place, um, they can do it, and they can do other countries and whatnot. They just can't do something with national TV in the U.S. I don't know what your what your situation looks like, but hopefully that means that you know you keep fucking holding it down in Vegas because I so badly want to get out there and see you just crush somebody. Yeah. Um, and it's not very far from L.A. So we'd love to come out and see you just put the hurt on somebody out there in Vegas. I'm excited. You guys, you guys let me know when you're going to be on your way, and I'll keep you posted on the dates. And uh, I'd love to have you down here. And it'll be a fucking massacre if I know you guys are coming. It'll oh, be a little something special. That's all I want. Oh, I mean, awesome. and, 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 you know, and if some of that massacre happens to spill out into the crowd and, and end up on Byron, or we're Casey, fine with that. Like if you want to crush Casey, no, no, Casey's he's, head, what he, I do? we could put he's it on fine the with podcast. Casey. He's, he's fine with Casey. It's, it's this is what we're going to do. I'm going to FedEx you guys some fucking ski masks. And when I hold up the sign, you come out of the audience, right? Bring your chairs. Right, And we'll play ball. (laughs) Sounds perfect. Sounds like how I used to do it in Cleveland. I think we need to specify whose side we're on when we enter the ring with the chair. We're in business for ourselves. They're going to be on my side, but you're not going to be on my side. I like this. I we think gotta, this works. Yeah, no, we got to we got to keep discussing this. It works great for us. We and we, look, Kevin, don't feel bad for me and Casey. We have other uh, co-hosts lined up. Uh, there's people at like in a line 
You know, Jimmy wants to fucking do it. Brandon will do it. There's lots of guys who will definitely fill in for Byron if he happens to get murdered. We're fine with a snuff film. But who's going to take care of my cat? We'll take care of your cat. Your cat's over. My cat doesn't like it. I'll take care of your fucking cat. Oh. <laughs> I like it. I All think right. it's settled. I think it's settled. Now we're getting out. I'm going to get my ski mask. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything you want to plug, brother? I have a YouTube channel. It's simply titled Kevin Cross. There's a lot of free uh, footage on there. Uh, I think there's like anywhere from 50 to 60 videos that are up on it from the very first time that it started, matches, promos, etc. By all means, check it out. Also on Twitter, Twitter handle is Across the World, A-K-R-O-S-S, The World. Also have an Instagram account. Kevin's going to kill you because I really fucking will. And uh, I advise you guys to check it out. And thank you very much for having me on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. Oh, dude, it was great Thanks, having you on. And, and you have a standing invitation to come back anytime you want, talk about whatever. Um, and obviously, you know, if you do debut on TV for Lucha Underground, we, we certainly have to have you back then. But until then, dude, seriously, open invitation anytime. You want to come on, like you watch a good fight, you watch a good wrestling match somewhere, you want to talk about it somewhere, you call us up, you're on the show. You got it, brother? I got it. I definitely will take you up on that. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Kevin. We will talk to you soon, and we're going to get back to the uh, rest of our podcast here about uh, this new episode of Lucha Underground. Thanks, brother. Awesome. Thank you. That was great having Kevin on. Super Um, awesome. Super cool guy. And we have a couple other things to talk about this week because, man, talk about an eventful week uh, with interviews and just craziness. We were all at Ultima Lucha 3, Trace. And we got seats. We bitched about nothing. We were Dude, so concerned. We we were. And I'm going to say right now, like, look, um, thank you to the people over at Lucha Underground for, for you know, and, and honestly, we did the work for it. We got up early. We stood in line. We got early numbers for the standing room uh, on purpose so that we could still hopefully get some seats. And thank you very much to the people over at Lucha Underground, especially Amanda, who had plenty of shit to deal with and and mm-hmm. still helped out our sorry asses. Thank you so much. You know, and, and we weren't the only ones. A lot of other people that were in standing room. But the, I, I want to commend Lucha Underground for really trying to, you know, hook up to people that have been there a lot of times. And it wasn't about favoritism so much as about, you know, stacking their crowd and making sure that there was enough noise down front. Because, you know, the VIPs put in for both days there and uh, didn't necessarily use the tickets on both days. So there, there did end up being some seats available. So uh, and we thought this might be the case, but man, we were so worried the whole time. And I know we talked some shit last week on the podcast. So forgive us if we take seem it all rude. Back. I don't know if I take it all back. I think that the system still needs a little bit of work, but I think this is helping them figure out that it does. Like, honestly, you know. We got a chance to talk to Eric Van Wagenen a little bit, and, and here we are, a bunch of fucking marks coming to his show. We should have been there talking to him about cool wrestling stuff or, you know, how excited he was for the fucking weekend or whatever. And it wasn't just us. I'm talking like five, six, seven, maybe eight people. All we were all talking about with the goddamn executive producer of this hit show that we all love was the fucking seating for Ultima Lucha 3 and how awful. people got boned. But it was a big deal. Vampiro's posting shit on his social media about it, and he was worried about fans, but then at the same time, he didn't want fans talking shit about staff. Like, there was some serious fucking drama over how ticketing went down because people who care were worried. And we're getting there like 4 in the morning, 3.45 in the morning. People were camping out. We're doing all of... We're like... 
literally with a fucking tent camping out. Oh yeah, the Brokeback Lucha thing was hilarious. Like, and, and here, here's the funny thing: as we're all start slowly showing up, and it's mostly the regulars. Like, I got there, and, and I'm not afraid to say it now because I hope it changes later. People are showing up one by one, and we're thinking, okay, is it? Chia kill in the fucking tent? Is it Mil? Is, is there somebody fucking playing tricks on us? Is it is it CJ Nero in there hanging out and getting dressed? Like, is this his changing room for? Yeah, that's his gimmick room. <laughs> that's his gimmick room. Like, I didn't. Nobody knew. But then slowly people would show up, and it was like, okay, it's not Vic because he's here. It's not. It's not Sheriel. It's not Mallory. It's not. Uh, Victor, it's not it wasn't anybody, it wasn't me. And people are like, Well, where's Casey? I'm like, no, no, Casey sent me to get the fucking line tickets or whatever. And then Urban shows up right after me, so I know it's not the last real heels. And then Chilakio shows up after me and oh my god, like it was nobody we knew. It was literally two random dudes, and then Juan shows up at fucking eight in the morning to finally hand out the passes or whatever. Yeah. And by this point in time, the line was clear around the block as many people as were going to be there for the whole day were already there for the most part which i've never seen happen before by 5 30 a.m the line was down the block and this is for day two um like by the time the sun came up the entire first block was filled up which has never happened before um but it was literally two randos two new guys that none of us really knew had camped out in the fucking tent the whole night to get tickets to fucking lucha underground um, so it was, uh, it was weird. And, and that was just kind of the start of the weekend, but I wish to God we could tell you about, uh, what we saw go down. Good match. And so much crazy, amazing, awesome shit that we saw that we actually did record a podcast about it, except we're not going to play it for you for a whole year. No All, spoilers. Also no hashtag, no spoilers. I love my new shirt. What are you wearing? Yeah, because if you post spoilers on Twitter, now the whole Lucha clip comes after you until you delete your fucking account, which is amazing. That was awesome. Yeah. This one, this one guy posted spoilers, and then we just, uh, what was it? What's his name? Hold on. I, Fuck, don't, I don't remember. The dude got digitally lynched. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> he got digitally. Hey, lynching is in poor taste. He posted. Oh. Just kidding. Oh, you're a little sensitive about that. I'm a little sensitive about it. Just, you know, 400 years of oppression. It happened in Young Guns, too. It's okay. That's true. Wait, does that make it okay? I don't know if that makes it okay. Might make it more powerful. Billy the Kid was white. Yeah, I guess. Hey, it's happened to white people, so you can't own it. Right, right. Because when it happens to white people, it's tragic, and it's awful, and it's... We do something about it. Right. Um... Yeah, I don't know. There, dude, there has been all sorts of drama, too, with the after party and this, that, and the other thing. Like, this weekend was crazy, y'all. And Urban came in here on Friday and cut, like, a crazy shoot interview that I haven't even run yet because I got to go through and add the music and uh, do a bunch of stuff. And, and, like, I have interviews stacked oh. up now. We were waiting for Kevin and to do his interview. And this is just a crazy, crazy fucking weekend. What? Oh, that dude. Um that dude who did a spoiler, I found his Facebook. And what and happened? We blew his Facebook up. He he deleted his. He did a, a fake apology on Twitter. What was the spoiler he posted? I don't even know. <laughs> he, oh, he, he literally said what happened. Everything that happened in the very eventful main event to Dave Meltzer himself. 
Oh, shut up. And so then, it's going to be fucking out there for real now? Oh, no, no. He, yeah, so he, he literally tweeted it. it directly to Dave Meltzer. So um, that guy can suck my balls. And then he apologized saying it was a mistake. And then I think Dave, like, opened his show talking about it today. Did he actually, did Dave actually give the spoilers on the thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That's fucking terrible. Because you know what? It, it, it was so much fun to see live. And it's going to be really awesome to see how it plays out uh, on television and to see how it gets cut together. Because there's a lot of unanswered questions still. And, and uh, the whole event was really, really great. So, Dude, it just bugs me, man. Because, okay, you got this great wrestling show for fucking free. Right. All they ask is that you don't spoil it. That's it. That's it. That's the only stipulation. And and you've signed an NDA. Like I don't know if they can really come after you for money. Maybe they can. But at the same time, like, why do that? Why? It's just not even worth it, man. There's things that you don't do. Like, you know, if you're at a wrestling event, don't don't blow up a wrestler. Don't break kayfabe. Call them by their fucking stage name. Call them by their, their wrestling name. Don't start using their shoot names and shit. You know, whatever they're going by in that company, call them that. You know, don't fucking, you know, try to get luchadors out of masks or post pictures of them. Like, give them a second. Like, even a luchador out of a mask, if you recognize them, they'll put their hand up or do something funny to kind of protect their gimmick. Like, give them a second to get set, then take your fucking picture, you know? And then, you know, at certain times, if they're relaxing or if it's fucking afterwards, let them fucking relax, you know? Like they they just they've worked hard. They they don't they don't have to have marks and fans up their ass all the time, you know? That's just my feelings on it. And and I know that some people caught some heat this week that I really respect and I have a greater appreciation for than most people will ever know. But at the same time, like I also have respect for the talent and the fact that there's a line. Like a lot of yeah. us know wrestlers, but just because we know a wrestler doesn't mean that we know anything about them really and there's certain lines that still have to be respected between the fans and the the workers you know if you haven't gotten in the fucking ring and been an actual in-ring performer on a televised show you're not one of them they have a different club guys even if you know we were just sitting here a few minutes ago talking to kevin cross that's great we're buddies with kevin cross that does not mean i'm in kevin cross's fucking club I'm just here to tell you that. I know that. I respect that boundary. Kevin Cross has done a certain thing to earn a certain thing that I have not earned. I can never take that away from him by acting like I am in the same league with a guy like that, period. You know, that's just my my shoot on the whole thing. Yeah. And, and people who are out there who know what's up, like, seriously, I got mad love for a lot of people out there. Now, there's a few things that I don't have love for. I don't have love for line cutting. I think it's bullshit. It is. Uh, I'm going to say it's bullshit, and I'm going to say that I, I sincerely hope that next year at Lucha Underground, there's no more of that. Like, we're all wrestling fans. We do our best to be there for the wrestlers, for ourselves, to get, you know, in good positions, to see the shows that we want to see, to see them from the seats that we all want to sit in. And it's funny because people are jockeying for position and whatnot, but typically the first 20 people or so in line, we're not sitting in the same sections anyway, so we're not even really fighting over the same seats or anything. There is no reason for people to be trying to jockey in front of other people for any reason because honestly you know it's like mil machetes he's usually up in the standing room you know what i mean uh vic is usually down in the front on the vampiro side we're usually trying to sit next to the office you know 
Uh, Johnny is usually right by the steps on the, the Dario side. Like people, it's fine. Like Jimmy is usually sitting in G section on the other side, and and Mallory's usually over an F. You know, everybody's trying to get a different thing anyway. These are the same twenty people. Like, you know. Oh, it's it's the MMM show crew and the Rosas family that kind of want to sit on the Dario side near the front. We're literally like, and they're some of our closest friends at the fucking temple. We're not fighting with them. If they get there 10 minutes before us, fine, fuck it. They sit closer that day. We sit a row back. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, right. we're not, I'm never going to try to jump in front of Michael Rosas to get a fucking ticket. You know what I mean? Like, who gives a shit? Oh, so They were some of the first ones in line, like, Doing overnights too. Yeah, it was all and and uh, Michael had a Katrina sign, and awesome. after yeah on Sunday after the show she came up and took a picture, kissed him on the cheek. That oh, lucky son of a bitch. Oh, you lucky. I'm bastard. not mad. I'm oh, not jealous. I am. I'm very happy for you. Not happy. Very happy, happy for you. <laughs> Hashtag happy not happy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so to anybody out there who's jumping the fucking line or trying to like, don't even do it, dude, don't even do it because you're going to start getting called out by all of us now. Like it's on blast and it's just not cool. Fuck it. It's not worth it, man. It's rude. Like, and if you show up before me or you do cut the line, like whatever, fine. I, I, I don't care about it enough to do that. Like I care enough about it to show up early and try to get myself in a good position, but I don't care enough about it to try to be a dick to other people who are f- just fans and appreciators of the same thing that I appreciate and that I'm a fan of. Like, why do, why do we have to have any kind of beef? Like, uh, you know, it's just sad. And I will also say, um, you know, to the families of any of the people involved at the, the, the taco cart thing that happened around the corner, we still don't know all the information about that, but man, that's fucked up and tragic. And, God yeah. bless him, and I, 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 my respects and love go out to the family of, of anyone who's over there. If you don't know, a car basically uh, jumped the curb. Might have been a drunk driving thing at the uh, taco cart that's two blocks away from the temple. Yeah, uh, I know uh, Victor. Um, one of the Victors was there with his friends and family, and thankfully they were okay. And they were some of the ones that were trying to help uh, pull a car off of someone. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the believers pulled the car off of a guy that was pinned under it, and he survived. And, you know, so proud of those guys. Yeah. Now, Case and, and Byron, I don't know if you've heard, but was anybody who was at the temple involved in any way? Do we know yet? Like, like uh, in the, uh, got the, hurt? From what, okay, Vic said he didn't recognize the guy. The guy was there by himself buying tacos, the guy that died. Uh, and Vic's one of those guys that's kind of like us that knows everyone. Right. So he would have recognized the dude, you know? Well, I just, uh, I sincerely hope that nothing uh, bad happened to anybody leaving from the temple. Well, I mean, it, it just it, even it happening close to the temple is bad enough. I, I just hate the whole thing that, that it happened at all. Um, yeah. But, you know, not to, not to get glum about it because, um, honestly, you know, Lucha Underground really, really fucking delivered. Uh, I hope that you guys don't listen to the spoilers that are out there about it. Well, wait till it airs. I know it's going to be a long, long time before it airs, but it's worth the enjoyment of getting to this season, like to experience what we felt there live. Yeah, um, there's a journey. And and I was at a lot of tapings this year, so I really felt the storylines and working up to this. And there's still a lot of magical stuff that's that I can tell from the way it was taped that's going to happen backstage. There's still a lot of surprises to be had with this whole thing. 
and uh, I really just appreciate what was put into this thing mm-hmm. for for this show. So uh, my props to EV Dub, to CM Roach, to DJ, to everybody there who just really obviously too, like obviously went above and beyond to make this show one of yeah. the most epic wrestling shows and weekends out there. I mean, there's a few events. Like, what? what's the next best event? Is it Bola? Is it, uh, you know, when, when Ring of Honor brings half of Japan over here? Like, what's the next best wrestling event in America? It's not WrestleMania. WrestleMania no, doesn't top this. Well, that's not a real, I mean, it's not really a wrestling event as much as, like, Yeah, I'd say is. probably Bola, but, you know, I, I know Ring of Honor fans would probably disagree, but... Um, a lot of Ring of Honor fans annoy the shit out of me, so fuck you. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Strong Case. Strong words. A line has been drawn. Uh, no, but in California, Bola is the... Every PWG show is cool, but Bola is the premier event. Right. That you cannot get But into. now, do you think in Southern California, now uh, Ultima Lucha is the premier event in even just this area over Ebola? Well, it's it's take, taken over now, right? Well, with Ultima Lucha, you have all your matches have storyline implications uh, or the storylines. So they matter, I, I would think. It's a tournament. More than Ebola, this random cool, tournament of, of awesomeness. Yeah. like that's The only reason we went to Ebola. Years because Lucha Underground guys are on the show. It was awesome. Uh, got to see Pentagon face Zack Saber Jr. I mean that was and that was just, at Bola last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was, was that incredible. Was but but Lucha Underground for especially for Ultima Lucha, you have storylines, you have and you're and you know the characters, so you're invested in them, and then you also have about the same amount of wrestling, all the hours of wrestling. Um, you have more matches, I think. Yeah, it was just Bola, pretty, it was just epic. I mean, I, maybe get, WrestleMania weekend, like if you're going to a bunch of indie shows and the big WrestleMania events or the Hall of Fame or yeah. something, like maybe, maybe as an overall experience, I'm sure that it's up there. But this was it for us. I mean, this was the one for us. And it's year. free. Well, <laughs> you got to yeah, work for it, though. It was not surrounded by, you're not surrounded by mouth-breathing neckbeards like you are in the WWE or NXT show. No, who were you uh, surrounded by? Who was sitting next to you on day two? Oh, uh, sitting next to uh, Dolph Ziggler's brother. Uh, the one who isn't uh, a murderer. Yeah. Right. Nemeth, uh, Hot Young Briley on Twitter. So he was a champion when he was sitting next to you, wasn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he was the DDT uh, Iron Man uh, heavy metalweight champion. And had I known, I would have tried to fucking pin him right there. You should. Uh, yeah, that would have been so awesome. You could have. You had your chance, Casey. That was your chance to be a champion, a true champion. All you had to do, and he wouldn't have known. Like all those chairs were zip tied together and shit. You could have just tipped it back and laid on him, and you could have been the champion. I'm nothing but disappointed. I would have needed one of you guys to put on a ref shirt really quick, but then I think it would have been legal. Dude, I would have found Marty Elias, and I would have brought you a real ref. I would have had him do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. He'd have done it. Don't get Justin. We'd have have filmed it on our iPhone, posted it, probably gotten banned from the temple forever, but you would be a fucking champion right now. And he already dropped the belt, too, didn't he? Yeah. To tie up. See what sucks is... Yeah. If we didn't have that cell phone band that was way stricter than usual to where you couldn't even have a phone. Well, clearly it needed to happen if people posted fucking spoilers anyway. Good right. God. And, dude, it just sucks because if I had seen that, 
I'd be holding gold right now because I would have got the fuck out of there and no one would be able to find me. Well, that's true. Like, I did have my phone with me, but it was turned off in my pocket. So I would it would have taken me like two or three minutes to fire up my phone. But you could have elbowed me and I would have done it. I would have taken the L and gotten banned forever to film you becoming the, the champion. And, I and Joey didn't tweet the title change until the show had already been going on, oh. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, he knew he knew that he wanted um, Nick Nemeth, Ryan Nemeth, Ryan Nemeth. Nemeth. Uh, <laughs> he wanted Hot Young Fitness to not be in trouble during the show. Yeah. If everyone knew he was champ, no one would pay attention to the show, and they would all just jump. Well, in. especially when he was sitting right next to Casey, who clearly had aspirations of being a champion one day himself. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for for you guys. We saw a lot of people. Anybody you guys want to to throw shout outs to? I got to throw shout outs to to Large and John and Mil Machetes. Those yeah. guys were really awesome. And of course Urban and J Man and Smashley and Mallory and a couple other people. But any any people you guys need to shout out? Oh, and Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy wants to come on the show. Yeah, we should bring him on. We, um, we we're a little crowded this week. He asked like, when was the next time you recording? I didn't even answer him because I was on the way here to record yeah, and yeah. I knew we had Kevin today. So we have like five shows we're gonna do today. Yeah. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to the ice cream truck. I would say... Um, <laughs> ice cream truck shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to... Uh, so my first night... Uh, so the first night of Ultima Lucha, um, I picked Jamie up, uh, my girlfriend from New York, from the airport, got breakfast, and then drove straight to the temple, didn't get any sleep, just went straight there. And then we saw some people there. We were number five in line. There was uh, Mil Machetes. There was the Robles. Robo? Uh, no, 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 no. Um, well, I'll shout out Robo anyway. He, he was yeah. there, and Josh Pillow, and uh, Kevin Flynn, and a couple other people. Um, I, uh, I Chris Duquet. Um, we talked about them. I'm Alberto, that's my boy. Uh, Alberto was there. Yeah, we hung out with Alberto things. for a while. Thanks, brother. Um, fuck. I'm fucking. I don't want to fuck up his name again. Oh, Byron's we terrible just at this. About him. And I, Rosas, I mean, Rosas. Oh, so Mike Rosas. Yeah. So they were there, like they were like number two, and it's awesome to see the dedication. And then, and then you know we show up, and then everyone's super chill, everyone's super cool. We got to take a short nap in the car. No one's like you need to stand in line. Yeah. Like we all like knew our numbers as soon as we lined up, and it, there was a lot of respect and a lot of like we're all in the same boat. We're all dumb enough to show up the night before a <laughs> uh, wrestling show oh speaking of dumb enough oh my god this was the first time that we've ever sat right with uh cj dinero and normally he's off in a section that we don't normally sit in and we're in the bleachers he was right behind us and i thought that he actually well we had, our voices were kind of gone but he chants louder than we fucking do i remember he was explaining every character and storyline non-stop to this one. Oh, he had a newbie one. next to him. Come yeah, on. He was, just wanted her to understand why he was being so excited. You I know what, understand. You know what the handicap was Sunday, though, is my voice was already gone Saturday. Mine too. There's no way anyone would be louder than me if my voice was good. Casey, was I'm not, Casey, I'm not done with my shout-outs. Why are you talking over me? Oh, because God. no one cares about your shout-outs. So I, I also want to give a shout-out to uh, the, the people who asked me to sit down. This During the show, so they out. could see. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the fucking cum stand. How about that? And then that I was going to say that, that next. That oh. was the one I threw out. That's why I threw it out in the first place. Was it so was, you could shout him out. It was an honor. It was an honor and a privilege to meet Cubs fan. And now I feel like I need to talk about WWE for some reason. 
Uh, this food's delicious. Go ahead. Talk about it. Uh, uh, I want to give a shout, shout out, out to, uh, to Hulk Hogan, uh, who talked to me a lot before he did his running in the main event. Oh, <laughs> fuck, I shouldn't have said that. No, it wasn't uh, Hulk Hogan. It was, it was Brutus Beefcake. It was Brutus Beefcake, and then Hulk Hogan tweeted at him like, hey, hey uh, congratulations on being the new Lucha champ. Much love, HH. <laughs> I assume God he has damn. me blocked, so I don't really know. I, what know, he's I think you know he goes he by Terrell Hitler when he types the HH, right? What's that? <laughs> he, he means Hail Hitler when he types the <laughs> yeah, HH. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna say he goes by Terry with Brutus. <laughs> anyway, um, God, yeah, there were so many people that you know I totally want to shout out that I can't even fucking think of them anymore. So I hope I hit most of them. Like, oh, Gentagon, yeah, Jen was hilarious. She was. <laughs> trying to get Gio and me to chop her. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. That was just so funny, though. And she's really awesome. I love her. Oh, uh, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Gio and his love for Roman Reigns that will never die. <laughs> yes. It was it was weird to see him. Allah! I love those dudes. It was, yeah. They were, oh, um, one of, uh, they oh, were all before. right behind us. We were because we're all in different seats, so it was yeah. so weird. We're sitting with people we never sit with, but it was, it was fun. It was great though because we're in the bleachers around a bunch of VIPs who oh. apparently don't even know what wrestling is, and they just sat down the whole time. Vegas, fucking Vegas Canuck. Yeah, Vegas Canuck. Man, imagine oh. being someone that doesn't know shit about wrestling, having to sit around us for a show. Yeah, it was Ooh. it was great that uh, the the on Saturday we didn't have a lot of vocal people around us, um, but we but Sunday we had you know we got to sit you know we not next to but we were around. Well, that, um, it looked like the seats that we ended up getting were uh, overflow or whatever. Or clearly it was like a whole group of of executives didn't show up that were supposed to be together. So there was like this block of eight seats. So it ended up being all people who were going to be in standing room. Like CJ mm -hmm. had given up his spot to someone else, which was really cool of him. Yeah. He actually had a seat and gave it to someone else. And was just like, I come here all the time. I'm going to give it to this other person so they're not stuck in standing room. I don't care if I go up there. And I was just like, damn, that's freaking cool. Yeah. And then he got rewarded for having done that, basically. It, you know, karma paid off in a good way for him. And then he ended up getting a seat, which was he very cool. He got a great seat. Yeah. And I'm sure he Though he had to be behind us, so I don't know if I'd call it great. I'm sure he was more than happy with who he was sitting next to, though. Was cute? She was cute? I, I didn't even see. I didn't even turn around and look at her. I was too busy watching the fucking matches because they were so amazing. And then I was just happy that somebody near me, which was you and him, were still able to cheer loudly because me and Casey, our voices were gone. Yeah, I, no, I, every time I yelled something, I could hear my voice crack. Yeah, it was painful. Like, we, we were suffering for our art at a certain point. But anyway, that's <laughs> it. Um, we should move into this episode, which hasn't aired yet, because we're recording right now on Tuesday night. Oh, what an episode. Oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, so, so yeah, great. I that about one part that I'm going to bitch about, that somebody fucks something up with a Chiron or something. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a little time warp thing right here. And uh, we're not going to talk. We talked about MMA with Kevin this week, right? There's not. I, there's a couple little things going on with MMA, but I'm going to save it because uh, in, uh, next week leading into fight week for uh, UFC and all the huge events, like even if Byron and Casey are not available next week, actually, I'm sure, Casey, I'll probably get you on the phone. Byron is probably going to be out of town. You may get off easy next week yeah. because uh, – We'll still do Lucha, but next week is the fight week for 
uh, UFC 200, and there's three events next week, and it's going to be crazy. And there's going to be so much MMA to talk about that I'm just going to leave it alone this week. We talked about MMA with Kevin for a little bit, which is awesome because he's got a cool uh, shoot fighting background. Um, so we'll leave it at that. We'll uh, we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll come right back with our Lucha review for this week. Good? Yeah. Yeah? Well, yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say about Ultima Lucha 3 uh, that we can actually say? Other than, dear Lord, thank you for doing that while I was in that fucking building. Uh, I, w- I would like to say that I've never been more wrong when I when I thought that Saturday was the best day of wrestling I've ever seen in my life. Because that would be Sunday. Sunday. I, Saturday's still pretty far up there for me. But, uh, Dude, honestly, Sunday's as great. much as I love Sunday, I think Saturday was a better night, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's all all one weekend. It's all one weekend. It's all one show. It was phenomenal. Yeah, just putting it all together, it was probably the greatest weekend of wrestling I have personally experienced in a long, long time for sure. Oh, dude, it's definitely the best one I've ever experienced. And shit, I went to Bola this last year you know right yeah well some kudos to everybody every single fucking soul that had anything to do with ultima lucha 3 and everything that happened at the temple this week god bless you thank you so much for just even letting us participate whether you're friends fans employees workers talent whatever camera crew like the fucking jib guy got a pop this weekend so um Oh, I do want to say, yeah, he did. He he did a great job. I want to say that. Um, Finally, he deserves it. So there's been some awesome stuff that uh, that guy's done. <laughs> I want to say uh, Vegas uh, Canuck. Um, I want some stuff. Oh yeah, dude, dude. We like, need we need an MMM show kick for yeah. sure, dude. We got to get you on the show and talk about what we're gonna do for some MMM show well, kicks. I'm, I'm sure he's already like designing one for us. I hope. If you're listening to this right now, brother, like fire up the, the, the computer and come up with something for us. We'll talk. We'll talk. Do all the work, and we would like to have it for free, please. Uh, I thought Byron. Yeah, I'm a size 13. Jesus, um, Bigfoot. Mm, you know what yeah. they say about big feet? Small brains. That's well, a- shit. Then <laughs> I don't know where I'm storing all these immense amount of uh, wrestling knowledge that I have that I bring to this podcast every week. Dude, I'm wearing a Vinny Massaro shirt. I'm feeling more Italian oh, by the second. Go get your go get your I'm Massaro Club shirt. Either. Bang 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 Massaro Club. Bang bang. Is that really a thing? Is that how that works? No. Oh, none of it's none, none of, of that's relevant. Anyway, look. We are both wearing our Vinny Massaro shirts right now this week. Uh, I don't know that Casey is, but... Uh, Casey I'm wearing a dirty wife beater right now, legit. Which uh, is, so you're doing the other Massaro. You're in the club then, that's cool. Is that a spoiler? Yeah. That's not a spoiler. That's a fucking, that's his gimmick. He wears a dirty wife beater. That's his thing. Anyway, we're showing, we're showing mad love for Vinny this week. We love you, brother. Even though we had Cross on the show... Uh, you know, I didn't know that there was beef. I, I, I have no idea, man. That's I blame Byron. Byron's getting me all fucked up with people. <laughs> you don't want Cross to see you wearing a Masaro shirt. Well, I guess you're not. gonna get a backdrop drive. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway, um, back in a second with the Lucha review. Welcome back to the Mass Mats and Mayhem podcast. Uh, we have uh, time warped ahead a day here, and uh, I have now on the phone with me, uh, Byron and Casey. What's up, guys? All this time travel is confusing, Justin. 
Well, no one else has Wait, heard the other time travel yet. They won't hear the rest of our time travel for like a whole year. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, so that that little time travel. So for people who don't know, we recorded our our feelings. I think we already said this, but we recorded our feelings on this year's Ultima Lucha and put it in a time capsule and buried it out back where no one will spoiler it. Uh, so you guys can hear our natural reactions to Ultima Lucha three a whole year from now, which will be very interesting. Yeah, because Fire will be dead by then. <laughs> Make sure that you post the right one. Well, we'll see. I might be going back to work soon. Oh, you never know. It'll be fine. You, you, you're so worried about going back to work. This is a good thing. Jobs are good. People have jobs. They make money. They pay bills. It's a good thing, Byron. Don't worry about it. Well, uh, well right. I'm looking forward to hopefully buying a Underground replica title that will hopefully be up for show at some point. <laughs> and then I can steal the DDT Pro heavyweight, whatever, oh, 24-7 gimmick and just do that on my show instead of my job and just do the iron man heavy weight uh championship yeah and i could just instead of doing my actual show just do like youtube videos or vines of title changes <laughs> well, you can just do that with some belt you make out of cardboard you know yeah, really be like a real belt you you have a wcw world heavyweight championship belt in your house just do it with that He's afraid to lose that. Just put some duct tape over it. and I, Oh, but see, that's the whole point of a championship. If it doesn't mean something to you, if it's not worth losing, why does anyone care to watch you fucking fight over it? I just, I worked so hard to get it off of Ric Flair in that steel cage back in 73 <laughs> in South Carolina. Jeez. You know, it means a lot to me. Casey, have you seen this thing on Twitter? Oh, my God. Who's Owen James Brennan? This guy's my new hero. Yeah, he's um, he's my best friend. This? And um, he talks about how he saw uh, uh, some T.J. Miller-looking motherfucker that we hang out with, which is just uh, great. Like, I couldn't have fed him the line better than that. Yeah, we that's the, No, no, no. This is the best way to get into this uh, tonight's episode. So on tonight's episode, uh, Owen James Brennan here on Twitter saw uh he said he saw smashley and a couple other people and that tj miller looking motherfucker hanging out with uh <laughs> casey and justin harvey which is hilarious with justin harvey 75 and the fake loser gringo yeah, yeah i know i know i'm because we're cool like that we hang with tj miller but let's let's clarify <laughs> a few details like about what like what statement. details first of all First of all, what? You guys are the ones that hang out with me at the temple and when we record. Let's get funny because I'm the motherfucker who sends all the ticket requests. So yeah, technically, I thought we were on his. And then the other time, there was like three or four times when I went on my own ticket request. So it's not really hanging yeah. out with you. I don't know if I've ever been on your tickets. Don't think that's I happened. Got you, I got you a ticket one time. I arranged. I helped. You arrange you work. did. You made some arrangements. Yes. I won't. I won't de oh, deny Black that. Oh, this is fighting. Yeah. That'll be interesting. I have. I have. Um, Lucha just going on my TV with a new. Yeah, it sounds like you're getting distracted while we're trying to record a fucking podcast about how you look like T.J. Miller. Second of all, since we agreed on the first thing, um, <laughs> we didn't totally. I agree. am we... older than T.J. Miller. You do look old. So, I won't, I'll, I'll agree with that. You look pretty old. Most so people think you're older than me. Looks like me. I'm not willing you. I'm not stupid. 
Yeah, but people think people you are, are I, I which is the best part. Say, Byron, TJ Miller is living a rough life because he fucking looks way older than you do. He looks... He's... We're born in the same year, but um, I'm uh, a few months earlier. Oh, wait. Ultima Lucha... Oh. What? Hold on. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're trying to record a podcast. Yeah, what are you doing? I thought you already watched the show. Are you reading the Wrestling Observer newsletter right now? Is that what you're doing? Like, the whole point is to watch the show and then do a review of it. That's kind of the... Are you drinking a wine cooler? Here's the thing we have. First of all, T.J. Miller looks like me, and hopefully he gets as much shit as I do. Uh, hopefully he has, like, someone like uh, like Kevin Nealon giving him shit at the airport right so you think that kevin nealon is me. going up to tj miller and saying haha you look like byron turk seriously yeah Did, are you really like implying that, that? From the thing. you're okay well, he did it to me it's only casey let's talk about lucha him. underground because byron's hopeless byron's hopeless thank you guys for but, tweeting at us we really do appreciate it uh it's awful we've been getting a lot of letters too about that they listen to the podcast and they go is that tj miller and and good news, it isn't. It's me. Good yeah, news for who? Not for fans of the so show. Much like him. Um, I also but, uh, got to shout out I a couple other people. I'm gonna throw some shout outs, guys. I'm gonna throw a shout out to uh, Lenny oh, Omega. Shout who, out to Marco. Shout out to Marco. Shout out to Lenny Omega. Oh. Who? Uh, Chris Duque. Um, I'm just throwing shout outs, guys. Good God! Don't you like it when people I'm actually to listen to the show? Um, who else? Katoa. Was that uh, Kenny Omega? Oh, dude, I gotta give a shout out to my homeboy Adam Hamilton, who uh, just said that he just started listening to the show, and one of his favorite podcasts stopped doing shows, and he's like, "What the fuck am I gonna listen to for the rest of my life?" And then our show is there. We're so good. the timing was perfect for We're him. saving lives. And oh. just so you guys know, both Airwolf and Knight Rider on are on El Rey Network now. Yeah, oh. back to back. Holy, and holy crap. I want to let you know that Adam Hamilton listens to our podcast while he plays the truck driving simulator game. Awesome. Because it's rocking like that. Um, also, oh, freaking Ace Mr. 509. Um, who, Happy birthday to him! Yeah. Happy birthday to fucking Leo Offers Art. They have the same birthday. Are they the same person? I don't fucking know. Hmm. Interesting. They're not. I don't think they are either. But anyway, it's it's dude. We've been getting a lot of love this week, so I just want to shout those people out. Let's talk about this freaking episode. Um, this is the episode right before Ultima Lucha Dos. So we get this great mm. package, uh, kind of reminding us of. This feud with Mil Muertes and um, um, God, what's that guy's name? The Huntery guy with the, the it's silly King Cuerno, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I thought that's who you were talking to when you were talking about when you said great package because we know how in love with him you are. Yeah, I love it. Ooh la la, great stuff. Ooh, mm. Well, so this match, you know, uh, one of the best things about this match is Katrina is uh, in accompanying Mil Muertes. That's always a good thing. I'll, I'll pop yeah. for that. And Mill's got his the red eye thing in, in this episode looked phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's pissed off. 
Man, if I had to wear contact lenses all the time, I'd be fucking pissed off too. I, that, I'm, I'm case saving and breaking case save. I know, but uh, <laughs> I was just I gonna know, say man, we need to get some visine for I've never worn one before, but I, I don't think that contact lenses are comfortable. Probably, no, I don't know. Not so, at all. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's way more interesting than talking about how much you look like a Z-level celebrity. Thank well, you. Well, dude, look, the, the first half of this match, I loved the first half of this match. Uh, Muertes was destroying Cuerno all over the place like the monster that he is. Oh. Uh, it was perfect. Loved every minute of it. It was the best way to kick off a Lucha Underground that you can imagine with Mil Muertes just destroying King Cuerno. It was a fight between two heavyweights. And um, also... Uh, I noticed that the ref, uh, I forgot his name, but he sucked. Justin. Got in the way yeah. of the arrow <laughs> from the depths of hell. Yeah, that was nasty. Like, yeah, and I like how you called them both heavyweights when Cuerno's the cruiserweight champion of AAA. Uh, but continue. True. Boy, he's. What? He's a cruiserweight, dude. El Hill de Fantasma. Why is he fighting Mil Muertes? Because he That's wants a good to fucking question. put him back in a box. Oh, man. He's a heavyweight. Oh, Jesus Christ. I will not, I will not back down. Anyway. I'm going to start fucking bringing a scale to shows like Crash Holly. <laughs> Do the Crash Holly gimmick? That would be awesome. Um, oh. So, But anyway, so, uh, yeah, there was a little bit of a ref bump in the middle of this match. Just a little tiny one. Mm-hmm. I like how I like how Cuerno was just trying to was bashing Mill with a chair, and then Mill, in his return, uh, just punches Cuerno right in the face and knocks him out. Like he does. I need fucking to love those punches, face. man. That punch he's is like the best. <laughs> I think he straight up just tries to knock a guy out. Like yeah, I think he just really punches him in the fucking face. But hey, it works. <laughs> Um, I, I don't like the finish um, of this match. I, I think that uh, I think that there was some mistakes made in, with this finish. What did you guys think? Uh, to set up a return match. If it was like the last match they had and the finish was fucked up, I'd be more mad about it. But like, if it's to set up, you know, something bigger it's down the line. It's definitely not a blow off. Like you expect these guys not to be going. For well, okay. Right. Okay, and look, I bitch all the time about baby faces not being smart, and and this was. It is a little weird. You have a baby face cheat to win, you know, over over your heel, and but to me that almost makes Mill not the heel. No, neither of these guys are heel are baby faces. They're both heels in this match. You think so? Mel Marquez's body and kept him in a glass box. That's not a face move. I guess not. I mean, I guess, but so then would you put him as a tweener? I mean, he's not really a heel. Nah, he's a heel, dude. He uh, he would fucking kill everyone if they if they would look good as well. The only reason he doesn't come after us and the audience is because me and Byron are nice to him and apologize on your behalf constantly. Uh, okay. Yeah. A lot of work to smooth that over. 
Yeah, I know. Jesus. Man, I've got the replay on, and I, it's like Smashley's in 3D. Good gracious. She's, like, pointing and stuff and just jumping out of the TV. She's all over this episode. <laughs> yeah, the heel section is strong tonight. Um, also, when they do the cards for the matches, the Gift of the Gods elimination match, I know we know all the contestants, but they have one spot with question Why are you talking about that out. now? Why We haven't even gotten to I that part yet. I don't want to spoil it. Do they fuck up and put the wrong person for any of the pictures? No. Okay, we, good. Okay, we'll talk about that in a second. No, anyway, uh, let's no, talk about the finish we'll of this at, first we'll match. It's not in it. Well, um, you know, of course, Cuerno had to cheat to beat Mil Muertes because, of course, Cuerno can't actually beat Mil Muertes. Um, that would be I ridiculous. I bet, he, I bet he can hurt him. Oh, we'll see next week, buddy, or two weeks, or whenever that match actually airs because they're airing this in three weeks this year. So we have three weeks of Ultima Lucha Dos, um, which is awesome to me. I'm stoked about the fact that the next three weeks solid are going to be all Ultima Lucha. Um, so it'll either be next week or the week after, and we'll get to see how this thing plays out. But my money's on Mil Muertes. I don't think Cuerno's got anything for him. That's just my opinion. Mm, I think Cuerno is showing himself to be smarter than Mil. So... Anything could happen. Well, so let's get into kind of how, what their match is. Um, we go backstage, and Taya and Ivelisse are in the office. Um, and that's got to be a nightmare for, for Dario. You can just see the disdain on his face <laughs> for having to just even hear what's going on. But um, he's putting Taya and Ivelisse in a match. In match. Yeah. So what what did you think about that? that match tie in evil lease is this the the right direction I, I mean i was kind of hoping for some more payoff with the katrina thing um what were you guys thinking i think that uh evil lease is afraid of katrina right uh, i don't think so no. i'm just talking around uh i think this is a better match work-wise so we're winning off here Maybe you know, it might be, yeah, I mean, uh, I, dude, you, you know me. I love. I, I, I'm a huge Taya fan, so uh, I love seeing her work. I was kind of hoping, honestly, I was kind of hoping she'd be up against one of the guys though at Ultima Lucha. I just thought that you know, for yeah, Ultima Lucha, a big intergender match for her would have been awesome. But evil, that's because you're an evil, evil man, Justin. You <laughs> want to see her get hurt like she was when she wrestled Cage. It, no, it's a horrible fetish. Yeah. Her match with Cage was so yeah. amazing. Win, win, lose, or draw, that was an amazing, amazing match. I'd, I'd watch that Fuck match yeah, again any day. It was great, but Eva Lisa had a great match with Mil Mortis for the title. I mean, yeah. I is getting a rub from her. Also, shout out to the Eva Lisa section, all wearing the bandanas. Yeah. Um, ringside by Dario's office. Yeah, she has yeah, some they, fans uh, going. You know, I don't think they sell those regular bandanas anymore because they have, uh, you know, the Mundo ones. Uh, oh, yeah. They don't hurt tissues because, like, you know, you got the Mundo ones that are like the Lucha Underground bandanas but have, like, you know, yeah, the worldwide, worldwide underground, underground on them. characters on it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like awesome. Jack smoking a cigarette. So I think that the red, the red bandanas are a collector's item now. Possibly. Hey, hold on to them tight, man. Some of this Lucha merch is going to be hard to find in a few years. It's going to come and go, and characters might come and go, so you might have a, a cool piece of merch that, that doesn't exist after a while. Um, so, But then uh, I, I really liked when Katrina did come into the office, and she passes by Ivelisse, and Ivelisse is like, don't think I forgot about you. I mean, then again, well, who, called, who could forget about said, Katrina? <laughs> I certainly didn't. Yeah. She said, good luck, little girl. Oh. Like, you don't say that. 
I, you're just asking to get your ass kicked. All the tension well, Evo is Evo is like three feet tall. So oh, she's you know, Aero Star sized. I didn't know that. Yeah. Whoa. Shit. You know, I actually wonder who's taller. <laughs> oh come on, Aero Star's got to be taller than Evelise. Shit, I don't know for sure, honestly. Um, well, I'll have to look at that one. I, hopefully, we'll get a match with those two. We can see, really see which one of them's taller because that'd be hilarious. Um, but yeah, I I liked that exchange. Like putting these three women, like I w- I want to hear the three of them get into it more. There's something about that that yeah. is definitely definitely working very very well. Um, well, it's also great that it's not the usual. These are females, so let's make them jealous and catty, or just they're crazy bitches. You know, like they all have characters, personalities. They're all headed. They all have goals. Oh, and Dario was still plenty uh, misogynistic enough to all of them. It was, <laughs> I mean, if you're some old well, school wrestling guy, I'm sure you you still don't have any problem with that side of it. He was still kind of a dick. Oh, Dario, Dario, in all of his wisdom, is also not that nice of a guy. <laughs> Um, well, dude, if you ran a shady underground fight club and just drank, you know, 20-year-old scotch all the time, I'm sure you wouldn't give a fuck either. Um, but so... Oh, how about how about when, uh, real quick, how about when he was talking to, talking to uh, Katrina, telling her about how she's been such a dick to him, about how she had Mill attack his perfectly innocent little brother. <laughs> dude the whole thing was hilarious but i mean you know she did the right thing and she said she wanted to rematch and he was like no i don't think so or however he says it with his lithby ethith and then uh she was like but yeah what if it's a death match and then dario i think i think dario got wood not gonna lie i think think dario uh, I, I sprouted known. one <laughs> you'd have to ask katrina because she was the one looking she did look pretty much right at the uh the dario fedex package there didn't she it was uh yeah. it was pretty strange uh you know dario says what what did he say yeah. uh you know all the right things to say to me or something mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, something about you know the right words to say to get me excited and then she took a peek down at his gift of the gods <laughs> uh let's just hope he keeps that gift wrapped um it was a it was a good you know for for an episode that didn't have a whole lot of segues and we didn't have a whole lot of build-up left to ultima lucha you know we already had pretty much the big matches announced i thought this was really good i i like that they put all three women in there and i like that this was how they kind of brought the the last few matches for ultima lucha dose into play it worked really well i thought yeah, it's like a, it's a good way. See, that's what I like that Lucha Underground does. Is like they're actually making it feel like a comic book universe would be, with like all kinds of shit happening. So much as WWE tries to call their shit a universe, it doesn't ever feel that way. This actually does. No, like this is this cool. is like a universe with a canon, and and you know rules of physics are different here, and like there's certain laws. This is like Game of Thrones stuff. This is we're in Westeros when we're watching Lucha Underground. It's a whole different world completely. And it does have its own unique universe. And WWE can't say that. They're trying to act like, you know, they're in a city with people and go into real bars and stuff. And their universe is, you know, whatever's happening in Poughkeepsie when they roll into town. That's not a universe <laughs> to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, dude, this next match, I got to say, uh, blew my mind. Um, like, I... I 
I wasn't expecting I, I, this from Azteca before, you know, Ultima Lucha. But I guess this was kind of his big moment for the season. You know, this since since he's not really involved majorly in any of the, the Ultima Lucha stuff, he brought it out tonight. It was fucking crazy. Azteca versus Puma was absolutely an instant classic and got to be in the top five matches of this season for sure. What'd yeah, you... bullshit, man. Um, I wish that. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Byron. I was gonna say uh, like two things. One, I think we got the name for the DDT, and then also um, Puma is getting a little dark. Like he tried to like to murder Azteca a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, he was kind of being an asshole. He was putting a poo in Puma because he was being a piece <laughs> of shit. Well, you know, and I thought this, and even with the way they played the the after match uh, stuff, that this is kind of going to what Dario said last week or whatever week that was about the the Jaguar tribe and their their arrogance. I think Puma's starting to show some of that, and you know, he's taunting Ray, who you know whether you you're facing him or not, you know, Ray's got to be respected to a certain extent. Nobody d- needs to disrespect Ray. And Puma is kind of getting up in his face, and, and he's trying to destroy Azteca during the match. I mean, some of those were just brutal spots, and the way he was selling them was just a totally different thing. Um, are, are we really seeing, like, do you think that this is kind of the the heel turn of Puma? I mean, half the crowd's still popping for him. It's really hard to tell at this point. Is he, are, are we really healing out Puma here? I don't know, man. I think he's just embracing his dark side. Sometimes you got to do that to get ahead. And he, uh, you know, he had, he, this might have been something he's always had, and Conan steered him away from. But Conan's dead as shit right now, so he's not helping anybody. Well, I mean, think about this. If this match was going on in AAA in Mexico, I mean, little kids would probably be crying already from some of the stuff that Puma's doing. I mean, this is not Technico stuff. This is Rudo behavior for sure. Yeah. I don't know if it was Triple A, they might have already had a clown try to stuff him in a bag or something on the way to the ranks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd probably be a little more gimmicked in some fashion, huh? Be a little person getting tombstones, you know. Like, they, they, you get a thicker skin going to Triple A shows sometimes. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any spots you want to specifically comment on, Byron. There were so many, and, like, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you just have to watch this match. This match was a fucking instant classic. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I can describe And this is the stuff that, that Puma does, you know? I don't know if this is the same level as some of the stuff he's done under his other gimmicks in Japan or whatever, but, I mean, this was up there. This, this shows why this guy is world-class and everyone's trying to get their hands on him. But also, Puma was showing, like, Azteca held his own, but Puma was showing that, like, he's the big, big dog here. Like, he showed that even though he's, you know, everyone likes him, like, he's the best, and he's a big deal. So he, he kind of, um, like, he was trying to assert himself over Azteca. Like, he had that near fall where he couldn't believe he didn't win off of this secondary finish. Off of that modified Michinoku driver. Yeah. You know, like he wasn't even expecting to have to pull out the 630 for this guy. And he wanted to send a message to Ray. He Fuck did. you, I'm the best. Well, and Ray's sitting right there. And yeah. He's just all in Ray's face the whole time. I loved it. I, I, I like the Ray. Ray his mask this week, too. Fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I think this was a great match to build the hype. Uh, to Ultima Lucha, not just with storylines. Like, if this was leading up to a big pay-per-view in WWE or someplace else, 
what you would be getting here would be a whole bunch of of hype and packages and talking kind of you would pretty much only get what happened at the end of this match but instead what you got is you got this classic awesome match between two great luchadors which made you want to see more of puma wrestling and almost feel bad that you're not going to see azteca wrestling you know what i mean but it's also getting yeah. me hyped just to see a good quality match between ray and puma which i think is part of the genius of lucha underground and plus, we get to see Azteca try to get revenge for his master. And, uh, you know, so he's got his match. He's but, got his Lotus you know, match, yeah. You almost want it to be a three-way at this point, you know? Well, I mean, no offense to Lotus, like but yes. Especially after seeing what Azteca did in this match like you know it's no offense to lotus i'm sure she can work but i'm sure she also cannot work like puma did in this match then again very few people could but at the same time it's like you need somebody that level or somebody that's really experienced that can get in there with azteca and and really help things out you know just so you can see what azteca can do so you know it's like I like seeing where the angle is going, you know, and that's like a match I'm interested in story-wise because they've been building up this story yeah. forever. But it's wrestling-wise, it's not what I'm like looking forward to from Puma and Ray. It's not like, quite the she same can't be a base. She can't be a base yeah. for him, so right. he's got to be a base for her, and her style isn't that style. Right, so I'm sure they can do some big spots and some cool stuff, but we'll, we'll see what they pull off. I mean, I'm sure... Uh, you know that they're backstage working out some cool stuff. I'm sure they're not going to sleep on it oh, for yeah. Ultima Lucha, so uh, I'm looking or forward Ultima, to see what they Ultima have. Ultima Lucha dos. Dos, yeah. There's going to be cool shit. Yeah, so I'm sure that they're they're planning some cool shit for it and some surprises for the episode and everything. That'll be awesome to see what goes on there. Casey, who do you think would win between the two of them? Uh, Dragon Azteca because he's. Uh, Fucking off! Awesome. Pizza DDT, bro. Come on. Yeah, but see, I think that. What's, what's it called? It's the pizza D- DDT. He throws more out like a piece of pizza first. Obviously. Didn't he name it? Yeah, but obviously he's the better wrestler. I didn't see this episode. Wrestler. It's not even on yet here. Oh, I was just there live. I don't hear the commentary. <laughs> yeah, I thought you asked Striker. No. No. I, you can ask him, him right now. About- the DDT J something? Some like tribute to his hometown? TJ? Oh, DDT J. That name's fucking terrible. <laughs> Is that really what he said tonight? I think uh, I did hear that. I think so. Something like that. Or DDT TJ Miller. I don't know. Ask Striker. I don't know. I call it the pizza DDT because Vinny called it that once and I don't want to get into why he's calling stuff pizza and dude it's uh, you're racist and <laughs> it looks like he's making a pizza it's the perfect name I, I agree because it's, it's got a spin it's got a really flip good. and it's got some sauce on it I, I like pizza DDT anyway we'll see we'll see what uh, what she can bring to this I, I don't know I when I see a match like that coming I almost feel like it's Swerve City like Lotus is gonna bring brass knuckles into the ring with her or something like she's got to know how accomplished Azteca is and I would like to think that yes we all know Azteca is a better wrestler so Lotus will be smart enough to not count on just her wrestling to beat the guy or maybe Dario throws a stipulation in that makes it no holds barred or something and she hits him with a frying pan like I just you know I I believe in the smartness of heels (laughs) 
She just brings in like a bag of weapons or something, or like fucking New Jack shopping cart full of shit to hit him with. Oh, it's dude, fine. I would pop so hard if she rolled in with the fucking shopping cart and cheese grated the fuck out of his mask. That would be that would be a new spot a cheese grater to a mask and just tear up his mask with a cheese grater. That'd be amazing. Now, uh, now that's idea. all I want to see. Well, they both they both want to kill the other person. I mean, this is a blood feud. Yeah, exactly. And so let's. They have they have deaths that they're trying to avenge. So, I mean, as far as, like, if you want to analyze who's going to base who, like, how can they work, I think they're, I think it's going to be a brutal match, and, they're, you know, someone's going to wind up Dead. seriously hurt. I don't <laughs> see them being happy with just the three count. Um, well, yeah. yeah, we'll see how it comes out. Now, you know, Dario loves to force situations, and he's created this this new greatest unique opportunity thing for son of havoc cage tejano and uh who else is the other one oh the mac yeah willie mac how did you forget the one oh how did i forget the one what the one what yeah the one what byron the one what byron (laughs) the one guy who's from los angeles oh you're right yeah um anyway (laughs) what are you talking about uh yeah, the, the Dario uh, Dario's got something up his sleeve. I don't know if I would trust Dario if I was any one of these guys. Like, I almost, I'm almost like, dude, you guys don't want this unique opportunity. Run away, run away. I don't know, man. That one time he gave me the unique opportunity to hit Hernandez with the belt, and it worked out fine for me. Ah, well, you never <laughs> know then. So you know, the match but is coming it, up it, at Ultima Lucha Dos. You know, Stryker goes through the serious old school package, which I loved. I felt like I was it hearing was awesome. it in, you know, Blanchard's voice or JR's voice or something. It was amazing. I just lo- I, I love the old school package. Plus, they put in the film grain recaps and everything. And this isn't something that Lucha Underground does much. You do not see much recap or replay other than they're previously on. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of cool. This was a new kind of thing. Did they do this for Ultima Lucha yeah. 1? They did, yeah. I don't remember being this long though. I mean, you get a big, nice striker thing. This was like a striker moment. Props to him for really, like, adding some flavor to the whole deal. Um, and so the matches you got: Son of Cage, or Son of Havoc, Cage, uh, Tejano, Mac, and the Unique Opportunity. We've got the Dragon Azteca Lotus Death Feud here. We've got the uh, Cuerno versus Mill Death Match. We've got what? Nice. Gift of the Gods. We haven't talked about that one yet. With uh, and, well, you did start to talk about it because they show the package and Nightclaw is not there. So basically, yeah. I love the fact that we as an audience actually already know he's in this thing, and the announcers are still kayfabe. don't know. Right? They have a kayfabe within the kayfabe. It's amazing. Like yeah. this happened backstage. Striker doesn't know what he looks like, so he's not in the fucking package. It's great. Yeah, I just I love that. That's just the attention to detail that you know is amazing. Like, you know, Dario said it backstage. He met with the guy backstage. We saw it because we have this omniscient thing, like the narrator told us or whatever. And the characters in the story don't know, so it doesn't go in the package. It's freaking brilliant. You would think, you would think Dario would have it put in. Yeah, I don't know. Unless he's keeping it a secret. Well, Dario he's doesn't deal with TV secret, production. Dude. You don't want to. You don't want to let a cat out of the bag. Oh, you know cat out of the God. bag. He oh, did that. He did that. that. He did that. Don't do that. No, he did that. Um, so who else is in this match? Uh, Daga, Marty, Killshot, Sinestro, 
Mariposa, um, Nightclaw, and uh, gosh, the one that Casey loves the most. Uh, who's your favorite you luchadora? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like Bolmatano or something. Oh, no, no, no. It's Sexy Star that's in this match. Your other favorite. Oh, wow. You guys really don't know me. <laughs> uh, we know you owe too well. Um, yeah, my money's on anyone but Daga because he never wins. Well, yeah, but he gets, he, beat, he beat Masquerita, didn't he? He beat the, uh, one guy recently. <laughs> he beat half a person. That's half a win. Okay, so he's got a half a win. You can't say he never wins. He, he half wins. Well, that's true. Yeah, so it's not never. Don't don't exaggerate. But a half a win is a draw. I'll tell you what. I mean, honestly, uh, with I don't know what's going on with the Cobra Moon thing, but maybe that'll play out, and maybe that'll help him in this match. Maybe that'll finally pay off, or maybe she'll screw him over. Who knows? Maybe she'll distract him, and he'll be the first one done in that whole thing. So it'll be interesting yeah, to see. Yeah, she has to show up. Um, but I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is one fall or elimination, but I think it's one fall last year. One fall, it, maybe. Yeah, I think the, I think in Ultima Lucha one, it was one fall. Well, and if that's the case, then I'm going to put my money on the new guy. I'm going with Nightclaw. You know, we know who he is under the mask, and he's freaking phenomenal. And I, I can't wait to see him in Lucha Underground. And I think that'll be, I think that'll be awesome to see him win. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate that the audience knows it is me under that mask. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm taking it home. I'm, I'm winning the gifts of the gods for you guys. Don't worry. It'll be awesome. Um, I look way shorter on television. Yeah, I bet you do. Um, so. Oh, Worldwide Underground versus the Super Friends. I can't call them the, the Lucha Dream yeah. Team anymore because that was n taken by other dreamier Dream Teamers. But I call them Super Friends now because Stryker, I think, said that in this episode. Um, Worldwide Underground. I, I got to go with them. I love what they're doing right now. Um, you know, they're, they're some of the best heels in the whole game. Like, top to bottom, any promotion. One of the best heel factions going right now. Um, kind of rivaling... You know the current version of the Bullet Club pretty easily, in my opinion. And I actually want uh, the other team to win because of something I touched on one of the very first episodes I did with you guys, and that you know Drago and Aerostar need all the success they can get as quickly as possible, right? Well, they deserve it. That's for sure. I mean, dude. Oh well, uh, yeah, and Drago I, and is, is. I know. I went into amazing. it. On yeah, I went into it on an early episode, though, how, like, you know, Drago's not getting any younger, Aerostar's probably going to cripple himself, <laughs> so... Phoenix bleeds like a stuck pig. He's just going to bleed yeah, out one of these days, right? Phoenix will probably bleed half his body weight out, so it's like, I, I want these guys to win so that they have some accomplishments, more accomplishments. Now, if Phoenix wins this title, he is the first Triple Crown, Crown champion, champion in Lucha Underground history. But see, that's also why I kind of got my money on on the Worldwide Underground here because I feel like they're just going to make Phoenix wait a little longer to earn it. He's gotten so many accolades so fast in Lucha Underground compared to a lot of people, you know. Um, shit, Pentagon hasn't even gotten where Phoenix has gotten. You know what I'm saying? It's like... Yeah, you, wanted, you definitely want it to be someone cool like Phoenix to do it first or or Pentagon because you don't want it to be fucking Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, but see, I don't know. I'm expecting Pentagon to go over and get the win, so I don't. I can't see it being on Phoenix at the same time. 
I just don't I don't know that they would would do that. Um, I think you let Pentagon have his moment now, uh, hold Phoenix back, and then you put some more gold on Phoenix next year. Maybe still let him. You know, this is the start of his real quest to be that triple crown champion, but maybe not right now. Like maybe you just hold off on that. I don't know, but you know. Um, Morrison could also uh, get there if he could ever get the big strap, right? Well, he hasn't gotten Gift of the Gods, has he? He's well, still, no, Morrison actually, this is his first championship. This is his in first run in, in Lucha. Like, he, he'd he be another guy that I'd love to see as a Triple Crown champion one day. I mean, him, Cuerno, I don't want to see Cuerno as a Triple Crown champion. But Mill... I don't know. I think once, I think once Pentagon wins, no one else will ever be able to beat him. So... If you're talking about other people who will be champions, you got to think about someone who would be a lot younger. Well, Pentagon, I don't see Pentagon. I don't see Pentagon ever working well in a trios. So no, that's Pen- true. Pentagon's never going to get the triple no, crown. He's the one man. He's the one man. He's yeah. The one man trio. But if you're thinking about people who could do it now, like I would have never said Johnny Mundo could be a guy who would be a triple crown champion because I wouldn't see him necessarily working well in a tag either but now he's got it already so now he's got the one i think would be the hard one for him out of the way you know he's been really close to the championship before and i think he could easily be a gift of the gods champion too so it's funny that you mentioned cuerno though because in the first season you saw him and cage were like an awesome team but they never got that third person right and both of them are gifts of the gods champions. Well, so if they were true. winning that and then eventually win the singles title, they could be well, that's, crown look, champions. Look, as much as Cuerno may not be over with me, I still acknowledge that he is definitely one of the guys I see being in the running to be a triple crown champion. We'll see who gets it. You know, one of these days, somebody's going to be that first triple crown champion. Maybe it, maybe it is Phoenix tomorrow or next week it or whatever. It could be Puma. Puma just has to win a gift of the gods, gods. match. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I guess you could do that. I just feel like he'd be so wasted in a Gift of the Gods program. I mean, I feel like you'd leave him at the top of the card or in trios personally. But, yeah, I guess he, he's in the running too then. There's a lot of good but options. Like, you could have him just win the Gift of the Gods from somebody else that had to do it in the seven-way match. You know, like they defend the title against Puma and he wins it so he could get a title shot against somebody. Right. You know, and then, then you're not putting him in a seven-way match, you know. Well, we've also got uh, – Pentagon versus Matanza. I don't know how this goes down. Like, I don't know if if Vamp's gonna get involved and help uh, Pentagon win, or if he's fucking, or if Matanza's just gonna fall from the ceiling. If like you know, Pentagon's gonna break his arm in the rafters and then just throw him down into the ring, or what craziness is gonna happen? But I fully expect to see Pentagon win. What you think? I'm gonna say this is gonna be an easy Pentagon win. I think. He's going to get the. Oh, you know if I'd say easy. Whatever's left of Matanza's body. How the hell could you say easy after Matanza has destroyed half the company? I mean, I think it's going to be brutal. I don't know what tricks these guys have up their sleeves for a match of this caliber, and we've already seen him destroy Pentagon once. I mean, I feel yeah, like it seems he's not going to do it twice. Exactly. What well, doesn't kill you makes you stronger, Justin. Well, exactly, but that's yeah. what I. That, but but Byron said things. easy, and I think that what's going to happen is Pentagon is smart enough to know that like there is nothing that is going to be easy about beating Matanza, so he's going to take him to another no. level. I mean, come on, you were, you were, you saw the match with Vamp last year? It was crazy. It was off the freaking rails. Yeah, Pentagon's going to. He's going to walk down to the ring. He's not even going to run. He's he might even dance down to the ring. He's going to walk up to Matanza. Matanza's going to get on his knees. 
so that way Pentagon can pick him up for the pile driver. He's going to do his fist pump, and it's going to go like, huevo, and then he's going to kick batons in the face and then cover him for the one, two, three. Careful not to even break a sweat. He's going to be the champ. Dario's going to apologize to him and ask him if he would like a drink, and Pentagon will say a double. Are you high? You're on something, aren't you? That's what's going to happen. That's wishful thinking. This is, this is why we don't let Byron on the writing team. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would, I would love that to happen. I don't disagree with the 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 fact that what you're saying would be awesome. What I disagree with is the it fact that it will never sense. happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. So. I think um, that Matanza's going to die of a congenital heart defect on the way to the ring, and Pentagon will cover the corpse and win the title, just because I wanted to top Byron by making it more anticlimactic than that. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I, no, but I, did you hear the part about the fist bump? Oh, no, the fist bump was pretty good, yeah. My money yeah. is still on... Uh, my, my money is still definitely on Pentagon here. I just think that it's going to be a little harder road. I mean, I think it's it could be the whole last episode. I mean, they got three episodes for Ultima Lucha this year. I think it yeah. could be the whole it's, last it's episode. It's going to be really great when Pentagon wins the belt and gets to meet the president. <laughs> now um, the last match uh, was really good uh, Morrison Phoenix I don't have a ton to say about yeah. it right here but it, it was it was weird to see it headline over the Azteca Booma match in this episode yeah but I get yeah. it with the run-ins and all the angles at the end like it kind of made sense and I kind of liked seeing that once again though um, faces are stupid Rudos are smart uh, technicals are stupid because why do they not see the Taya Swerve coming every time? Damn it, well, I love Taya. It's amazing. <laughs> this is why I am a fan of the Rudos because they do what it takes to get shit done. The technicals, they're just, they, they just piss around and then cry when they didn't do everything they needed to do to win and someone else did. That's why technicals suck, Rudos rule. I have to agree. I have to completely agree. I mean, especially in this case, because um, I love it. Look, Taya is uh, keeping the gold on her guys on the Worldwide Underground. I wish she had some gold herself, but hey, she gets all the props in the world. She's winning these matches. And it's to, you know, Johnny Mundo's benefit. <laughs> yeah, she kind of is out of the title picture for a while because of Ultima Lucha. That Evil East match is keeping her out of the gift of the gods. Yeah. Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, I, I expect to just see her murder Ivelisse since she's out of that picture. And uh, I, I, it's a, it's hard for me because I actually really, really like Ivelisse too, but not against Taya. I just think Taya can go with anybody in Lucha and Ivelisse can almost go with anybody in Lucha. <laughs> so I just slightly give Taya the edge there. Um, I don't know. <clears throat> Are you guys excited for Ultima Lucha Dose? How are you guys feeling about it? I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. Uh, and I'm pr totally pretending that I wasn't there already. Uh, but, yeah, it's like I'm going to break case, babe, and say that it's a great show, all of the shows, and that people shouldn't miss it. And to not skip any weeks of it, like, uh, yeah. trust me, they're all fucking solid. And we're going to probably get some storyline bombs fucking dropped on us, too. Because remember last Ultima Lucha? Here's when Dragon Azteca Sr. fucking died. So, 
So there's probably going to be more gas coming to us. And that's always welcome in the temple. Now, you know what was missing? We still have not seen who the cigar-smoking limo guy is. I was kind yeah. of hoping that we would get that reveal this week. And uh, nada. Bupkis. Nothing. Yeah, you know, season three reveal, like mid-early season three. Are you no, kidding me? There's no the way that we it's got to it's gotta be this season. It has to be this season. I think it would be strange that you get vignettes during Ultima Lucha 3, but at the same time, if, if that's where it's going, maybe it's the last shot of the whole thing. But um, that is definitely something that is 100% not uh, known to any of us. And at this point, it's like, have they forgotten about it? Was that a was that a mistake on their part? Have they let it go? Do we think you know, that maybe they won't do it, or maybe they had somebody and it didn't work out, so they they're holding it back? I really don't know the answer to this one, guys, and it's really to the point where it's like, oh my god, when are we going to find this out? Now is this the uh, Vince McMahon being the higher power thing? Is this going to be lame? Dude, that shit was awesome. Though. It but it oh, made no so sense. If you go back and watch oh, yeah. that storyline, it made no sense. There were so many times when the higher power could not have been Vince because of what was going on from the higher power that like yeah. it was a total jump in logic. Like, and if Lucha Underground makes that kind of jump in logic, I will just go home and cry. I actually uh, like how you said uh, none of us 100% know who this guy is um, when fuck i know i just am not telling you guys uh but when i when it happens i'll tell you that i'm right <laughs> yeah i'm sure you will um i think that the cigar guy is the last shot of season two how about that that's that's me guessing okay well that's i think they're gonna do the matanza thing with it where they give you just enough to make you you know, more crazy. Just to remind you how crazy we want to know who it is. I think we see him lean forward. I see. I, we see him lean forward into the light, and it reveals who it is. And as that, long as it's not that he just drives up, and we get him driving up, and then you don't get anything, and have to wait till season three to get more. Ah, uh, no. See, that would suck, dude. I want to at least see some face, like have him go. Oh, hey. uh here, here's something that you can pour through your back to use a cigar aficionado magazine to try to place this guy. We'll see. You and know? based on that, it could still be, it could still be uh, Arnold. But I, I don't really think that, I don't feel like that's going to happen at this point. I don't feel like that's it because I feel like they would be hyping it up more if that was going to be the case. If I, they had somebody that big, point, they'd be leading into it bigger. At this point, mainly because I just read an interview that, that this guy just did. Um, so he's just kind of fresh in my mind. I kind of really want it to be Batista. You kind of want it to be who? All I hear is you breathing. Batista. Batista? How big is that dick, Byron? That's oh. not me. That's Dave Batista? Yeah. I'm heavy over there. The actor? To be the actor Batista as he did Guardians of the Galaxy. It'd be a great role for an actor to come in <laughs> and do on the show. Uh, okay. God damn it. I, I don't even know what to fucking say to that. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. Uh, well, did you, really did you think that Byron wasn't going to bring the WWE into this at some point in time? You knew that was going to happen, Casey. Come on. No, see, he's carefully trying to call him an actor in Guardians of the Galaxy so we don't give him shit for the WWE thing. <laughs> it was a good movie. You guys keep saying this other company I've never heard of before. It's weird. 
Yeah. Oh, Triple A, I'm sorry that you're such a fucking mark that you don't know what you Triple didn't, A is. You didn't say it was Jay Lethal, okay? You didn't say it was EC3. You said Batista. Yeah. Oh, Jay Lethal would be pretty awesome. <laughs> that would like, be if hilarious. it was just Jay Lethal pretending to be Macho Man as the cigar <laughs> guy. <laughs> no, that would be what great. If he was Rick Flair, Jay Lethal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rick Flair J. Lethal is good, but I just prefer no, the Macho, Macho Man, Man and everything. Especially in that part. Come on, is it the he's cigar in guy? He's limo. All right. Well, Macho this is, Man was in limos, man. This has been... Don't in, you remember WCW where somebody... Somebody was yeah, always in a limo in WCW. Shit? What? Who, yeah. who did that? Was it no, 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 the, out, the Outsiders. Uh, well, what I saw was the Outsiders were peeling away in a limo. So Macho Man jumped on top and it climbed yeah. through the sunroof. And we never saw what happened. He could still be in that window to this day. But no, um, when you remember when Macho Man was all ripped and had like gorgeous George and Mona and shit? No, yeah, he, that was awesome. Yeah, he um somebody was feuding with him and filled his window full of shit, and then he had to come to the ring covered in shit. It was amazing. <laughs> I remember that. That was great. The DDP. It might have been. It, no, I maybe Sid. But Sid doesn't seem smart enough to come up with such plans. Yeah, but who, who was the who was the booker back then? Them. Who was the booker back then? I'll probably Vince Russo. That's what I'm saying. So Legit. it doesn't matter who's smart enough. If Vince Russo wants poop, he, Vince Russo gets poop. <laughs> I, I feel like Lucha Underground needs more poop. Like if they could have like a wrestler that's gimmick was that he was a poop man. Like, and no oh, one wanted gosh. to walk up with him because he smelled like shit, and then, like, he would streak on you. I, I think that's a money gimmick that would sell a lot of merchandise, I'm sure, such as Lucha Underground toilet paper. I'm sure Byron would love a WWE-esque gimmick like that. This that's is like the dumbest uh, thing I've ever heard. This is like some of the worst things that have happened to Mark Henry coming back to haunt me. Um, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. So, look. This this was a pretty epic episode. The Toll Man's gonna kill Byron. Uh, we've talked oh, about yeah. we've talked about two Ultima Luchas. GoFundMe. I'm starting a GoFundMe campaign for my upcoming hospital bill. Yeah, you need one. But we we covered basically two Ultima Luchas, even though we can't tell anyone anything about Ultima Lucha Trace, which is so weird that the end of our episode is talking about Ultima Lucha Dose and the middle of it's talking about Ultima Lucha Trace. And my mind is swimming and I don't know what year I'm in anymore because we did a a hidden episode that no one's going to hear for a year about Ultima Lucha Trace. And I'm so confused and I hope you out there are not confused and that you're just excited with all the greatness that is Lucha Underground this week on this almost entirely Lucha Underground underground related episode of masks mats and mayhem anything else you guys want to say tj um, miller like what tj miller first go Casey. Casey, shut up go tj like the, the i hope you liked the, the urban interview that was a lot of fun oh yeah that's actually dropped now um so the yeah. urban interview is getting uh, a lot of hits right now so we'll i'm sure we'll be getting comments about it that we can address on next week's show um, and we'll probably get a lot of comments yeah. on this cross interview too. So, if you guys have questions yeah. or comments, oh, feel free to please hit us big. up. We'll we'll be glad to uh, to address them because you know Kevin broke news here. He's been uh, he's been playing patty cake with all the uh, dirt sheets out there who've been asking him if he's doing anything with Lucha Underground or if he's going back to FSW or whatever. And he answered both questions right here on this show uh, in no uncertain yeah. terms. 
which yeah, is yeah, so suck it, Meltzer. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure we'll be reading about this in his sheet, and he'll be taking all the credit for it. So. Have at, guys, because I don't care about stars. the credit. We just wanted uh, Kevin to have a platform to say what he needed to say and to get off of his chest. So if the dirt sheets are going to steal our info now, have at it, boys. Have at it. We know where it really came from. Yeah. All right. Anything else from you over there, Lucha Gringo? Original Lucha oh, Gringo. Kevin's a piece of shit that looks like T.J. Miller, but in piece of shit form. All right. And on that note, until next time, no, stay no, calm. No, oh, the last word. God damn it. the last word. Why not? Why not? Because because it's going to alienate all of the fans that listen to this podcast, all the listeners. You it's gonna make, it's gonna would have to have them. fans for that to happen. Well, the listeners, they have a core, they have core values that, that we deliver upon that that statement does not, you know, work with. Core values? Jesus Christ, it's like we're starting our own country with this thing, our core values. We can have a, do you have a manifesto, Byron, you <laughs> bomber motherfucker? I'm just saying, I'm just saying that you call me a piece of shit is going to, is going to lower our listener count. I call you a piece of shit every episode. And people, it's going to make, you know, people feel sad and sad about you and your your bad attitude. Well, folks, I'm going to let these guys duke it out uh, off the podcast, and I'm going to have the last word this time, and I'm just going to say this has been a great episode, and I've had a lot of fun with both of my arguing co-hosts. And until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix.